the White House, President Eisenhower signs the proclamation that makes Alaska's entry into the Union official, nearly 92 years after Lincoln's Secretary of State bought the territory from the Russian Tsar for $7 million. The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Big Rays, the Alaskan outfitter, committed to outfitting Alaskans across the state since 1947. Whether you're a recreator, parent, guide, or corporate buyer, Big Rays has the gear you need tailored for Alaska's harsh conditions. Check out their new exclusive line of Aurolic waders. Big Rays for all your outdoor gear and rugged work attire. BigRays.com. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. TheTreehouseAK.com located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full spectrum diamond sauce cards, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They are the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include weekly lawn care, custom landscaping, fertilizing, weed control, turf repair, and more. Schedule your free estimate at lawnproak.com. Alaska's OG Cider Company, Double Shovel, crafting gluten-free colonial-style ciders, founded as a healthier non-inflammatory brew option. Drop by their pop-and tap room in Anchorage off of 58th and Arctic or visit the second location in Kodiak. Double Shovel, award-winning ciders. The Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. BHA is the voice of our Alaskan public lands, waters, and wildlife. Their goal is to uphold our hunting and fishing legacy while keeping our public lands wild. Stand up today and join BHA at backcountryhunters.org. So we are back. I'm back. Adrian, you get over there, man? Yeah. Yeah, crack that water bottle open. I need you to crack open a beer and grab a T-bone and bite it. Man, come <laughs> on, man. Talk a smack because Daniel didn't bring me that, that boneless bird. Oh, man. You know, he he won't eat meat on the bone. 
like we like we'll grab the bone and no, 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 no. like a like, T-bone. With oh, a fork let's, okay, okay, okay. I'll eat some ribs. Well, oh, I hope you eat ribs. What? Yes, I will eat pork ribs, not beef. I don't know who eats beef ribs. So you're I not do. touching a T-bone, though, huh? No, not a chicken wing. Not really even eating steak. Period. It's not my jam. Uh, I'll cook it for wing? you. How about a chicken wing? Nope. Nah, bro. It's on the Let bone. me get them nugs, son. I'm oh, I'm flabbergasted. I, I me too. I want to know why what because I know what is wrong with you. Bro? I know what I'm afraid of because I enjoy the fighting things in life and why I'm afraid uh, of them. For example, what are you afraid of? For example, I'm afraid of mayonnaise and iced tea. Mayonnaise is delicious. Oh, so is makes... meat on the bone. No. <laughs> <laughs> But Touché, my point bro. is this. Touché. I can trace back to why I cannot stand mayonnaise and iced tea. Because when I was in kindergarten and my parents put me in this Christian private school, oh, they had <laughs> every single day for lunch was bologna sandwich on white bread with mayonnaise God, and iced so tea. Good, and I couldn't stand it because all I ever ate was Spanish food. And then I'm here eating like the, the most whitest. Yeah meal ever Dude. and i could not and i have had to eat it like they forced me to eat it every single day uh, you know and so ever since then i can't i can't fuck with it were you, you be, always in trouble like punishment or i what? got paddled yeah i got paddled but not for that for talking but it yeah. was like i didn't even know english i was learning english spanish is my first language and i'm like i'm practicing learning english and i get paddled yeah, like on, on his last day i'm gonna i'm making up a story here he takes a bite of that bologna sandwich just spits it right yeah. in the fucking counselor's face yeah, no. take the mail and so you, now you've been in the field so you ain't seen my last uh instagram post huh no is it mayonnaise man that no nah, that fried bologna <laughs> sandwich it's just, it's just a wooden spoon dipping into a jar that fried bologna sandwich from the roadhouse man I, oh man no. oh, oh for real i can't what? Yeah. Actually, I could have bologna, but not if it has mayonnaise. And not on white bread. And the iced tea, was the iced tea sweetened or no? Probably not. I don't know. If it wasn't sweetened, man, that's... I don't know what it was. It was I gross. I feel you there. It would have scarred me for life, too. Yeah, man. So that leads me to ask why. Look. You've never explained this, so now as the world is listening, we need to know why right, the mayor does not eat meat on the bone. So but he eats ribs. Yeah, only pork ribs. Pork ribs are different because they're delicious, right? They are. Yep. They're super. What about like on... moose ribs? Nice. You ever had Brandon's moose ribs? Mm-mm. Deer ribs? Deer ribs. And them little deer ribs, just the whole rack? Time, it's, it's almost like pork ribs. The bones yeah. just thin. So it's not a lot of meat, you know, just like. Not when it comes to game, man. I grind it all. All of it. Sausage. Jerky. We're not staking anything. Love you, dog, but you soft. Man, dude. Man, you people, soft. people are, like, crashing their cars right now. They're like, this guy, Record dude, scratch. I'm not voting for him. That's okay. I don't need your votes. <laughs> well, I'm, quite, I'm questioning myself, why am I sitting at a table with homies that don't eat meat on the bone oh. and mayonnaise? I'm like, because. Eric, you eat mayo? I have eaten mayo at least once today. Uh, <laughs> Me, too, bro. Me too. No See? meat on the bone today. Um, oh, but, no. you know, fixing to change Bam. that before the end of the week. Okay. See, I'll uh, crush some mayo. I carved some meat off of a bone today, raw. So I didn't eat it, didn't cook it. I'll but, carve it off of there. Yeah, I mean, it's close. Yeah. I had some chicken salad. I had my wife, some mayo, and my wife made it. You see. Now, for the record, I said this before, I think, on the pod. 
forgive me if I'm repeating myself, Daniel will eat my wife's chicken salad that yeah. has mayonnaise in it. Okay, here's For whatever the, reason, one exception. He's able to <laughs> Once a year. So I okay, so we can have exceptions. Yeah, one just I'm like saying? your pork yeah. ribs. Okay, my one exception is, okay. and normally it's on a backpacking trip or hunt. I will have tuna fish. Oh, true. One true, day true, true. with mayonnaise, or his wife's chicken salad. Because you have to have tuna with mayo. Have you had tuna without mayo? No. It's horrible. It tastes like oh, I bet it is. <laughs> yeah, you gotta like drink something to get it down. But in order for me to have this, like, I have to be exerting myself, climbing mountains for like eight miles at least, eight to twelve, to be like, mm, I need that tuna fish with mayonnaise. Desperate. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. I bet you I can bring some tuna next time. I bet I could bring some meat on the bone. Huh? I bet you I bring you some tuna though that you'll eat. <laughs> oh, you'll be like, oh. damn, man. Okay, so what? Okay, let's so hear look, it now. Let's hear it now. So I don't mess with chicken on the bone because, not not. I'm talking the the real drumstick. Mm-hmm. Where it's kind of brown and red on the inside. Yeah, not not that chicken wing drumstick. Not that that party wing. No, no, the real drumstick. <laughs> the real drumstick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that long. Mm-hmm. And when you get towards the end, the good part. No, no, <laughs> man. Right there, kind of where you start biting marrow. That yeah. fat, that fat that is like, yeah, fat's that. yellow. Yeah. It's, oh, God, it's just thinking about it, it's just disgusting. And you then like you, you peel off that, yeah, that, exactly. yeah, you get that piece of gristle stuck on the bone. Mm. And if it pops off and it's in the meat and you don't know, then you bite down and you get that crunch. Yeah. I'll throw it out. Nutrients. Oh, no way. You just yeah, you just bite harder. Just yeah, like, a, like a meat grinder. Let me, sauce. I'll tell you right now, you would not survive in Colombia. All we eat is gristle and, and the fat Hell and the bones. Yeah. That's it. Matter of fact, All I need I'll carve the fat and gristle <laughs> off of it and eat that. Actually, no, I take that back. I save it no, for the see? end like dessert. I eat the meat and then I save the fat over here for the... Nah, see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, nah, I can't do it. Okay, so why though? Were oh, you man, forced to problem, eat that though. as a kid or something, or oh, you just yeah. never what's, liked it? What's the nucleus of the concern? No, I, I, I just don't. It's not my thing. I remember as a kid when we would have here like we go. barbecue chicken. Here we go. You eat the chicken, and then I'm like, oh man, I gotta pull this stringy ass yellow piece of fat mm. off of the meat and separate it. That's where you messed up. Right? No. And now that I'm grown. I ain't got to do that. So what about... Nobody can tell me to eat it if I don't want to eat it. That's so true. That's true. Let me get them nugs. So you go and order chicken nuggets at the steak restaurant? Call them what you want, but I call them boneless chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> off, the, off the children's menu, right next to the mac and cheese, probably. Now, when you... So you won't eat like a ribeye? That wasn't funny. Not on the bone, just ribeye or New York? No. Or a flank? No. No? Steak tips, yeah. Wow. Come on, man. What's the difference? A whole steak? No. Really? No, it's not me. Like a 24 ounce. Nope. How'd you get so big then? Ribeye. Nope. Huh? <laughs> you got to be, you got to at least be able to bench 400. Eat, eating people. You look like you could bench 400 for sure. Mac of pixels. What, what is your bench anyway? Oh, dude, I haven't been in the gym in, I don't know, I'll probably say like five years or so. What was your heaviest bench? Like when you were just pumping iron in the fucking army, just getting it. Yeah. Uh, I think the heaviest I was at was like three and some oh, change. Oh, shit, you hit three? Yeah. All right. You I can still squat. Did you headbutt motherfuckers when threes. you were done and shit? Like, oh, uh, No. 
<laughs> Where's those ribs at? <laughs> Boneless. <laughs> Bone, that McRib. Ooh, no, McRib. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not a big steak. No. Steak tips. And they have to be from a certain place? Yeah. In Girdwood. Oh. oh. But the um He knows. You know. Yeah. Um, off of Crow Creek Road. Yeah. yeah. Back yeah. there. Cajun style. Yeah, I can't oh, say it because they're oh. not official sponsors, but mm. if yes. they want me to say the name, you no, know. You can't say it. <laughs> yeah. Can't yeah. say it. Yeah. Pepper State Capital of the World or yeah, what? Yeah, for a couple of dollars I'll say their name. Okay. You know? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys. Sign up. I'll yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sign up. Where you at? <laughs> yeah. Do you eat there often, Eric? Um when friends, family okay. are in town and want to go, um, you know, for the most part. You don't just so run down food, for I'm a going wedge? to the brewery. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's what? walk down the road, you know. Easy. Is there still only the one brewery? Gerb- uh, yep. Girdwood Brewery? Just the one. Yeah. Quite oh, the, the road community hub, though. Man. Yeah. It is yeah. a is it really? spot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Great it's beer. Uh, yeah. Good atmosphere. Great people. Rotating food trucks, too. I mean, yep. mm, it's yep. cool. I was there last week um, sipping on some booch. Because, mm. uh, you know, I don't do beer either. Uh, for our listeners, because I know what booch is, but what is booch? Oh, kombucha. Okay. It's just a liquid right. of deliciousness. You get, if you get the right one. Do they do? Do they make their own? Or do they use Zip? Be careful. Or do they use yeah. another place? Uh, I uh, think they have it's Zip. Yep. Yeah, zip? they have Zip. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, they do stuff. make their own. I think they make their own root beer, right? Uh, don't quote me on it, but I do believe you're right. The, the root they beer they have is good. That. I know is it that. better than the Moose's Tooth one? Can I say what it was? Moose's Tooth a sponsor? No. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. F- Let me edit that out. F- Moose's Tooth, man. <laughs> Shit, so overrated. Oh. I don't know, man. That Italian. But I didn't mean that Moose's Tooth will take your sponsorship if you want to get on up. Love there, the man. tooth. I love, yeah, love the tooth. tooth. Yeah. Yeah. Love the tooth. Yeah. Yeah. Um. They have a bomb food. Um, is it Broskies? You got to talk into the mic. Broskies. I think it's Brewskies. Brewskies. That's what yep. it is. The blue one. Mm-hmm. Man. What is that? The food Those truck? Turkish fries. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Ooh, God. Yeah, it's a food truck. Okay. Yeah. Now, out of the food trucks... Coming from Anchorage? Are those local Girdwood? I know there's a couple in Girdwood. Yeah, that's a, a great question. You know, I mean, I think that at least three of them are like Girdwood food trucks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think there's one because they have the way that they park on the very end is like a rotating mm-hmm. one. And, and they come from all over the place because there's been that um, – Deck angry deckhand or whatever the sandwich guy hungry deckhand hungry yep. deckhands yeah they rotate out of there but I think the ones that are in Girdwood if there's no events going on they're pretty much stationary there and they do a damn good job over at that at that brewery with mm-hmm. the the whole atmosphere and I'm not even a drinker yeah that cryo I love that but I'll go up there to chill just to sit outside by the by the fire pits yeah. and the mm-hmm. food trucks are right there and in the winter time. When the snow is falling and they have the overhead uh, projector, no, they got no nah, man. They got cable, those string the, lights. Yep. Oh, 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 oh gotcha, gotcha. Dude, yeah. it's just like yeah. the it's scene cool out of vibe. a movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say that yeah. Alaska, Alaska, not just Anchorage or mm. Girdwood. I mean, our beer scene is amazing. Yeah, it's For next sure. level now. There's so many cool breweries and more popping up 
all over the place. Have you been to Cooper Landing one? Oh, yeah. That was yes. another great addition to Cooper Landing for sure. I mean, yeah. stop every time on the way home from the river. I haven't Sweet. been there uh, in a while. When I went last time is when they had just opened up. Um, so I don't know what it's like now. I just drive past. I've driven past it. And every time I go by, it seems to be pretty, pretty crowded. So yeah, it's, it's perfect. So good for them, but yep, it's yeah. happening. And you know, same thing. They got a had a food truck there that was regularly, and now they've got a, a spot slinging food in the brewery. Um, yeah, good eats oh, and nice. I mean, food trucks and breweries. It's a match made in heaven. Hand in <laughs> it is. I love it. Our, our food truck game has gone up a lot. Oh, I yeah. remember when there was only like three. Sure. And now there's. Endless. Oh, they're everywhere. Well, every summer there's a new one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's tons. Yeah. There's tons. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. Well, I love seeing people just, you know, taking something they're passionate about to another level. And and I'm sure the food truck game is very risky because you got to move enough product to make it worth your time and your costs. And honestly, I think a lot of those food trucks, most of the time, they're just hoping to just make cost, Right. And then oh, it's a tough game. It's a for tough sure. game. Yeah, you're a hot dog stand guy. This is exactly what it, you do. Yeah, it's a um, tough game. But the fact that you a lot see of rules, you see more and that. more of them out there tells you that there's there's enough pie for everybody to eat because everybody loves eating food in general. But you got folks that are making stuff or we're cooking or doing something behind the scenes just for pleasure. And now they're actually doing it for a business, and and it gives them an opportunity. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, I think I think the uh, goes with beer real well. The food truck is more, and I could be totally wrong, but what I've noticed is it's more of like a locals thing. Oh, hundred percent. Because the oh, restaurants, yeah. mm-hmm. and I think that's why the food trucks have kind of like just exploded. Because from what I've noticed, is people get tired of eating at these restaurants, right? The same restaurants over and over and over. Of course, again. yeah. And during certain times of the year, the restaurants are overrun with tourists. But oh, what's yeah. not overrun is the food trucks. Yep. The mm. food trucks that are not in the immediate downtown area. Like if you got to drive there, like the Girdwood, double shovel, double shovel, right? Places like that that are off the regular. Well, you're directly path. impacting the Alaska economics and helping out alaska businesses right. and families with the, every brewery and food truck that you visit because right, right. oh yeah 100 percent, yeah but i'm like why am i gonna go wait two hours you have a favorite food there. truck Ooh, that's a tough one Ooh, eric dang um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, favorite's hard. I like, I do love the Blue Ristra um, in Girdwood. That's one of the mm-hmm. popular ones, the brewery there. Um, there's a, a new one in town, um, Atlas Roaming Kitchen, which has been hanging out at Turning and Brewing and some other places and doing a phenomenal job there. So would definitely uh, point people that way. Turning it would depend on my location. Stuff. Yeah, I mean, you could really refine. I'm an Anchortown ref- Dogs type of guy. Type of guy. You, you could refine, you refine your <laughs> answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does the uh, does the Taquina spinach bread qualify? <sighs> no, I hate them. No, they um, do. Yeah, they're they no, do some stuff. I mean, they're they they're, they're, they're at the they fair, do. but I think they're they're they're, they're in Talkeetna too. Sometimes, yeah, they're in no, Talkeetna. No, they're in the Talkeetna. That's where they started. And but. I think they have another a mobile another mobile unit. 
And no, I don't hate like them. Food, I was just saying like a food that. truck. I just hate that they well, don't take cards. They take cash only. Oh, man. Oh, man. Shit. That's part of the game. It's like the Bush Company, bro. Yeah, Get your man. game together, man. Just uh, yeah. listen, man. Come There's on, too many dude, people wanting to me Venmo you or something, Yo, man. Dude, we don't pay taxes on that either. When you're at the collection plate at church, you can't use your card, all right? At where? You use the collection plate at church. You can't you use your card. Right? Oh, lightning. I bet. Oh, they haven't started that. They just put, just pass along the um the swipe. <laughs> no, I'm sure they don't do. Sure, it's out there. Oh, I, I don't know. I haven't been in church. Actually, no. We'll talk off uh, during uh, break. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, funny story about this. So back in the day, um, you probably don't know Tom. A lot of listeners probably do though. I used to do music. We were one of the biggest or better. What, what kind of music? Hip hop music. We used yeah, to do a lot of shows around Alaska. You could say we was rappers. We was rappers. We was rappers. <laughs> and we did a lot of shows, a lot of shows everywhere. And we went on tours. And one time we were in California and we're selling CDs on Venice Beach. And this is when the iPod first came out, like the very first iPod. Damn, that was like a brick. brick. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, but people yeah. like we put our music on that, and that literally sold us so many CDs. What is that like two thousand? Because we would have it in our hand, and we would have the CDs with us, and we'd be like, "Hey, have you ever heard of Alaska hip hop?" And they'd they'd be like, "Huh?" And then they look at what you have in your hand, and they're like, "Just take one second, and just listen." And we'd yeah. have it already ready, put it on their ears, play it, and then boom, they'd buy a CD for five bucks or ten bucks or whatever we were selling it for. So that was like helping us make sales because no mm, one was yeah. interested in Alaska for one. And then for two, this iPod that was brand new that people were totally like, you know, that was the beginning of the Apple mm -hmm. craze. So anyway, we're there. And when you go to Venice Beach, if you've ever been there, there's so many people yep. um, selling stuff and hustling. And there's homeless people begging and selling things. There was this guy who would wear white all full white outfit and like a white like kind of turbany thing he had dreadlocks um and he would be on roller skates and Love this it. guy was like a famous venice beach guy and, and and as we were there for the you know we were there for like a month and we would sell and we'd just peep and watch everyone else's you mentioned him before and i pulled it up oh you did uh, yeah we'd watch other you people's hustle right up. like watch how they do it and how the sales and be like man that dude's doing good you know and he would sell shirts of himself it would be a picture of him in his white outfit on his shirt. Okay, Brandon might be. No, you got. Oh, you're connected to the. Yeah, you okay. have to look it up. Okay, I'll look it up in a second. Let me finish the story. So we thought we were bad, awesome. right? Because we had the iPod, and you know, what I'm saying he was even like, "Oh man, look at that, man, you guys," you know. And so I'm watching this guy one time. We're just sitting there, and I'm watching him skate, and he's going up to people, and he has his backpack, and and we everyone took cash because that's all you could do. And so one time, this couple was like, oh, we don't have cash. All we have is a card. And he's like, oh, no problem. Pulls out this, like, <laughs> huge <laughs> credit card machine that you would see, like, back in the day, dude. And he was able to swipe. And we're our eyes were like... No, what? <laughs> like, we need one of those, dude. We thought this guy was like homeless. And he pulls out this like huge credit card thing to take things, and no one could say no after they pulled that out. They're like, yeah. oh, okay, we'll take two. Yeah. Knock down that wall. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, let me try to find this guy. Well, I feel like it was in the first five podcasts we talked about this. Um, not to like be redundant, but it was, oh, maybe it was the, it was Josh's. Oh, there he is. Oh, there, he is right there. there he is right there. 
This guy. And we're going to bring this back to life because uh, we have a mutual friend. This guy right here. Oh, Did I describe no. it pretty good? Daniel oh. and I. Oh, really? Yeah, she can she can bring him out of the woodworks. Um, There's probably another good photo of him that's a little more like old school. So, Victoria Davis, when you hear this. Harry it's re- Perry, dude. When it's released. Harry Perry. Harry Perry. That's him, man. <laughs> That's him, man. He was on roller skates. I bet he's still there. Yeah, he'd roll, roller I skates. I was just going to ask. I guarantee he, this guy is like, and we didn't know he was so famous. We just seen him every, because you're there for a while, like we were talking about when you're out hunting and you're in the, you get to know your surroundings and your habitat that you're in and the creatures that are around there. He plugged in, right? Yeah, this is one of the guys, <laughs> yeah. man. That he was like, you'd see him every day, man, night to day, just roller, roller skating around, roller skating yep. around. Mm hmm. But man, I, I always got to give this guy props for his hustle on, on pulling out that credit card <laughs> thing, and it was huge. It was massive. Probably you know? cost him three point four percent, but he's like, I got sale. Oh, yeah. I got sale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric, any um, food fears like food the rest of us? Fears. Uh, you know, my family would definitely say I was picky growing up, and I would agree. Um, oh. Yeah, we, we've covered some interesting ground as far as, you know, going back to when I was a kid, you know, there's conversations of, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, bologna sandwiches. Um, what? Yeah, I took mine with ketchup. Oh. That, that okay. one was just weird. Um, oh. But, you know, that's after. Some age, that's some, some real white boy shit for <laughs> yeah. sure, dude. My grandma treated me well. That's, white that's not a white boy shit, that's, dude. Yeah, that's. Yeah, after hearing, you know, the current status around the table, though, I'm I'm thinking I'm. Pretty, oh, you're right, pretty good you're right with here. my <laughs> yeah. lack of pickiness these days. Yeah, I, yeah. Still not a big broccoli advocate. Um, oh, well, a little bit of a nemesis growing up. I'll, okay. I'll eat it in some food down, and I'll actually even go and buy it and put it in my food. So we're making progress in that relationship. Right. Well, the fiber, you can't deny it. Well, I will yeah. crush some I mean, broccoli. You know, you feel saying. good about your choices when you eat some broccoli. Yeah. So you do. That. It just, so, you know, that green. so good. Throw a little green in there, you're good. Dude, let me tell you. Like, how do you eat your broccoli? Uh, I like it. Um, like this. I mean, just like. like this nose plug. Yeah, there you go. Nose plug. <laughs> Eyes closed. Um, I don't even know what I'm eating here right now. De- <laughs> definitely not steamed. Um, lightly oh. like cooked or sauteed in um, a dish. Okay. Go yeah. home. Not tonight. Sometime this week. Get some broccoli. Okay. Don't, don't you steal this from me. What? Just keep going. Just keep going. I'm Because I was about to steal it from you, maybe. But you go. Lay it out on a on a pan. Put some foil on the pan, and then put nah, the broccoli on top of it. That's fine. Okay, and then uh, like a bowl, mix up some soy sauce, some honey, some sesame seeds, mm. more soy than honey because you don't want it super sweet. Mix it up, pour it on top of the broccoli, throw it in the oven. Mm. Like three fifty four hundred until it's like crisp it up, yeah, crispy on the edges. Ma- I, then text me and tell me. Not bad. Man. I can picture it. It's, it's a pretty good sight, actually. We'll we'll give that one a try. Telling you. Well, I, I think you have a texture issue with your broccoli if uh, you're talking about the steaming part because then it gets mushy, and it still tastes like broccoli. That don't change. Yeah. But when you add that mushiness to it, it is pretty shitty. I'll eat it because it's you know. Helps you poop, but I would tell you if you have an air fryer at home. Yeah, please tell me I'm, you have an air fryer. I I do not limited uh, space on my counter for such devices. Uh, yeah, you should see my counter. It's <laughs> all the devices. There is there is no space. It's <laughs> there is no counter. Fucking toasters yeah. and coffee makers and 
Yeah, the shit's stacked on top. Air fryer is... Okay, air fryer. Okay, we don't have an air fryer, so you can't do this. But if you go get a little mini air fryer, are you single? Are you married guy? Uh, I got a, a girlfriend. Do you live Wait. with her? Are you by yourself in your own place? Uh, we have separate places. She's uh, doing a lot of traveling so right now. So you would get so. the mini air fryer. Oh, okay. If you do, because there's two sizes, right? You clean it. You, you trim it off. Clean it up real good. All right. Spray it with Pam. Dust the salt and pepper. Fire up your air fryer, 450 air fry. Get it preheated. Pull it out. Spray the inside of your air fryer. Dump your broccoli in. About every 45 seconds to a minute, you grab it and shake it. Grab it and shake it and cook it for about three to four minutes. Gets it nice and crispy. Best damn broccoli you've Mm. ever had. Makes it like crunchy chips, like popcorn almost. I like broccolini more than broccoli. Oh, man. Me too. It's less of a commitment. What yeah, is it, what is it that is. again? I'm glad Guacolini. I'm not the only one. Yeah, what is that? It's like broccoli, but it's more, it's thinner it's and it's a, longer it's stock. Sophisticated. Oh, you all are fucking man. That cheating, broccolini dude. with some uh, mashed potatoes. Yeah, I like broccoli. Posing that, that man. shit is good. And you probably had it with a steak, didn't you? No. Uh, <laughs> chicken nugs, boneless, right. skinless thighs. <laughs> man, I thought you were gonna say something. I'm gonna admit, Eric, I like you so far. But that, your, I'll take it. your fear of was broccoli? Come on, man! You got, That's every kid's fear. You know, and if you would have put the mayo with the with the ketchup and the bologna sandwich, you would have taken next fucking level, dude. Yeah, that, that'd be something. I, I mean, why? I'm sure my food um, world can expand in a lot of ways. So obviously, there's oh, some things man. I could yeah. potentially be scared about in the future but i See, mean i guess i should go find out does anybody care what i don't like yeah i was about to ask you we've gone around the table but we skipped you so thank you i do want to say i hate sloppy joes <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate them damn what the passion. fuck did they do to you i know wait I know. wait wait Not homemade or are you talking no, about I'm the talking man about out of the, the can with shit can yeah the, the man you know you can't do that man oh, you can do it homemade for me too i mean i'll today i'll eat one with mayonnaise on it <laughs> You, you have to put... I'm not kidding. I open the bun. And I, you have to put... It's already falling all over the place, bun. making a mess. It's got to have some white cream in it. Bun, um, sloppy joe, mayo. Okay, now we're talking. A slice of cheese. Oh, shit. Then the bun on we're top of that. cheddar. Cheddar. Okay, well, that's... Yes. Do you call that a sloppy joe anymore? Or don't we just call that joe? Really a joe. eat sloppy joes either. That's just my one thing growing up when mom made a sloppy joe. I was like, uh, damn, moms, I eat every single thing you put in front of me. But yeah, you still make this damn thing every three months. Like, fucking. Popping that can Choke, open, choke huh? that shit down. Go make a peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> oh, I hate that with a passion. Peanut butter and jelly? Oh, my. What? God, God you just gross. Man, oh. Adrian, we've got to have a conversation. Yeah, off the man. I don't do oh, I, I mean, don't do peanut butter and jelly at what? all. Because so, I've been like having a bromance with you, and then now yeah, these man. things are starting to reveal. I'm starting to kind of like, yeah, man. The fuck so I don't here, do. Man. I don't. Surprise! I'm surprised you haven't even noticed. But uh, matter with you now, nah, man. I don't do sweet and savory. I don't like my shit to mix mm. at all. Kettle corn's out too. Fuck that! Oh, oh, I don't wow. know why oh, why dude. people Talk. would even eat that. I don't eat sweet mm-hmm. popcorn. That's a sample you keep going back for. Yeah. No, yeah. fresh no. kettle corn. You get the like four Savory. foot bag at the fair, man, and bring yeah. that bitch home, dude. Trash. Did I see my neighbor? Shovel. I that see in. my neighbor's ranch son come. 
You could, he don't live there no more, but you could tell he just stopped by his parents' house to drop something off. And I wasn't being nosy. I was having to be in the driveway and watched him pull up. And he had four bags of those, like, four-foot kettle yeah, corn. tubes yeah, of the kettle corn. Yeah, ass was fair. like this between Driving, the blinds. I was blinds, like, damn, like, they love some damn kettle corn over there. There's nothing. Like, man, when it's freshly done. Oh, hot? Oh, my goodness. All right, what else that's is it? weird thing? The I don't do sweet and savory. Like, oh, that's right. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't like my food to mix. I don't like it to touch. So no when I eat, I eat all of one thing at a time. Did you do prison oh, time? Oh no! Like I don't. Yeah, man, it's one bit. <laughs> oh no, dude! What's up? You do the portion thing where you just eat your mashed potatoes and then your broccolini. Do you go and clockwise then you eat your too? Ribs? Like I separate. don't go in an order. I just eat it. Huh? <laughs> you don't like mix? Like no, like man. My, my plate has like every. There's a last bite of everything, and like I'm eating it all at the same time. I'm bringing all the flavors in that whole experience <laughs> in one thing. No, I am not just like mm, steak, mm, carrots. Mm. Oh. No, because I, I, I mean peanut butter and jelly. Like no, I don't. I mean, never do that. I know how to cook. Yeah, right. so my food tastes good. So I'd like to enjoy That's, everything. That is truth. That's true. We can't deny. True. I'd like cooking. to enjoy. So on that note, let's talk about the mayor's salsa, man. What, <laughs> dude? Is that shit? Is that legit? Are we going? Um, we well, going retail? If, if, I mean, if, if what are you, you trying go to do? To uh, the Alaska. I don't even know what it's called, but uh, well, we got to tell today. Where I filed to find for it. the old LLC. It got an old business license. Yeah. Oh shit! Yep, okay. cost you a pretty penny. Um, it's not cheap. It's not cheap. No. Um, the only thing I got to do now is get. Business insurance on the record, probably gonna ride dirty. Um, totally you never race. know, someone could sue you, but like, it didn't say hot, <laughs> you didn't say it's hot. You order it, the box is gonna have a <laughs> postcard in it, it says, Eat at your own risk, we don't have insurance. There you go. Oh, you that's go. that's oh. actually the shit. Well, I will eat. say this I took, I took those jars that you gave me, three, four of them out on the yep. hunt. They got mopped up in one day. We like to um, take tortilla chips or um, flour things and make our own fr- our chips uh, was out that there. Homemade? Dang. Yeah, we make the own chips out there. Yeah, I saw, so good. I, I saw that. Um, Jeez. we're gonna have to talk next offline. level. We're gonna have to, you know, dude. That's mm. the way to roll because yeah, they're dude. hard and you can just ooh, you can oh, scoop all that up. Hold half a and jar in there. My uncle, my one uncle, who's who's from Soldatna, he makes his own. Um, salsa too and he's been bragging about it and it's it's pretty good it's vinegary it's like the colombian style um but him and my other uncle you know he's 70 something had many many salsas oh, these, in these his are life some gray beard grizzled uncles grizzled yeah. you know spanish <laughs> been eating hot stuff no forever food. yeah and he gave that to him i said oh this is my buddies and and then my other uncle's like ah it's probably not it's mine and he took three bites of that thing he's just like and i sent you the video Best salsa he said yeah, he ever yeah. ever had in his life. Yeah, that, that was my reaction too. I, have you had it? No, I haven't. During the break, we'll crack one open. We'll crack one open. Bites. Looking forward to that. I mean, I love Gallo's salsa. I love uh, Hacienda salsa. You know, they're all homemade. You can tell they're oh, yeah, homemade. Hacienda's good. Hacienda's good. Serrano's has good salsas, hot sauces. Even uh, what was it Pedro's sauce at nine oh seven? It's hot sauce, not salsa. Now different category hot sauce salsa i think is different but that one batch you made and you gave us in the pint jars i mean the rolling smoke rolling smoke i i couldn't stop eating it i was like the smoky flavor with salsa was something that like smacked my 
taste buds that I I didn't even know what to think other than just keep plowing because it was so delicious, dude. Have you ever done? I'm not a salsa guy. The either. tortilla yeah, thing right, that I did. Right, right. Have you ever done? Oh that? my god, that would probably. So you could do it with flour or corn. So you'll just take, you know, the I like to do it with flour. It's better. They get a little bit more crispy. Yeah. And you just go too. to Costco and buy the pack or mm-hmm. wherever Fred Meyer's cars, and you just take that and cut it into four, or take the whole pack and just cut it into four. So there's nice big triangles. Put it, put uh, whatever you want to do, whatever kind of vegetable oil or whatever oil you want in a little cast iron on your little thing when you're camping. Just so start tossing them on there. Flip it once it gets golden brown. Add a little bit of salt. The best chip you've ever had. Hundred percent. So good. The I've corn is before. good, but the flour ones are the flour ones are like a little sweeter. Yeah, no, and, and I like it dip. with corn because obviously that's what what those are. Well, yeah. But uh-huh. when it's homemade and it's flour, oh, especially when they're hot. And you get the yeah. one with that good hot salt on there. Yeah, and the bubble. Mm, the one that has the bubble. Yeah, the oh. bubble. <laughs> well, that's got a more authenticity flavor to it, doesn't it? Is Authentic it? flavor. Did, yeah. Yeah, I, and the the, the flour is a little bit thicker, so it holds. Yeah. Better, like it scoops. Better. Yeah, it's like a scoop that you like your Fritos. You can just really. Yeah, you can, you're oh, not yeah. going to break it. Yeah. You know? Good oh, payload. Man. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's way. why I tend to eat salsa with <laughs> Frito scoop. Oh, yeah. It just spills huh? off the side, but it's still yeah. just like a full. <laughs> yeah, and you'd be surprised, man. One of those little packs, I mean, that's going to fill five. That's a lot of chips. Right, right. Yeah, it's really oh, great. It's yeah. a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, Shout out to Scotty Peters. He's the one that put me on that. He would do that every year when we go to uh, Anchor Point to go for Memorial. So shout out to Scotty. Fry up some some tortilla chips. Yeah, that was his thing. Yeah, we need to there. take that. We need to take that to the next level too. That's good shit. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, I'll make the salsa. You make the chips. We start slinging yeah, this yeah, on yeah. the side. You know. Oh, mm. okay. All right, all right. We can talk. Serious benefit in the backcountry with that method too, because I mean, if you've tried to schlep tortilla chips into the backcountry, you wind up with just a pile of crumbs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Not too good for dipping. I mean, making your own chips. That's. Yeah, and it's and they pack well. They're not going to break. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And if they do, I'm, they I'm just sold. turn into chips. It's really good. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Hmm. For us, we don't like broken chips. But if you ask Tyler, has, has one ever taken broken chips and salsa <laughs> into the backcountry? Oh, I mean that's kind of like a, a standard on my float trips. Okay, float yeah. trips. Mm-hmm. All right, nice. Yep, have an enchilada dinner. Mm. Have Ooh. some chips and salsa while yeah. you're waiting for it to cook. Oh, nice. What do you transport your salsa? Margaritas. Uh, oh, I, I actually, well, I need to get some mayor salsa, clearly. Yes. That's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. I, honestly, I'm, I'm rocking uh, cans, um, as in the, you know, just kind of like peel off the top. Okay. okay. Can, you know, escape the glass. Yeah. Yes. No glass in the boat. Nope. They no have salsa in, in a can? Yeah. No actually, apparently so. Yeah. I mean, that would it be not too shabby. Too. I mean, you know, even though those, set. those, those jar, those are really difficult to break. Yeah. That glass. And Pretty you can impressive. recycle it. Look at those Brand gears turning, dude. Look Brand at that. Yeah. It's like I, the hamster I get, wheel. I want to get like, into the floating. I'm a big time, big time raft guy. Um, my raft actually took a disastrous, catastrophic seal break. Oh yeah. This year, so I'm buying a new my raft. Condolences. Well, that's exciting. At least I am. Yeah, it is I am. I'm very excited. I know what I want. I've did all the research anyone in the world could ever possibly do. I talked to every single person and looked at every website and video. Had, you a, could speci- ever look at. had a specialist on the podcast. Yes, we did. The Raft Connection. Thank you, Brian Richardson. If you haven't listened to that one, 
You should listen uh, to that one. You know who my, Brian is? drive home. You know who Brian is? No, I don't. He owns Raft Connection. This guy is a wealth of knowledge. Sweet. Since 1992, he's had Oh, it. yeah, okay. Um, renting rafts, fixing rafts, just knows rivers and rafts and materials and plastics yeah. and all that. Just uh, one of those guys. You just, oh, yeah. my gosh, dude. Totally. So, yeah, I had um, an Alaskan Outfitter raft. I thought I had seen one of those mm -hmm. in your picture. Great, great PVC boat. Lasted me about 10 years. And then this summer, I was with my parents and my kids and my wife on the middle Kenai. Did fine. Got back to the trailer. And then the seam split mm -hmm. on two places. And just, I was like so yeah. happy it didn't happen mm -hmm. on the river. On the water, no, yeah. just, I was about to say, man. It could have been if catastrophic. that's the best place for it to happen, I mean. Oh, totally. Oh, if, it's, if the seam's going to blow out, like. Then like nobody fix it. In you can't fix that. Yeah, I had the same experience with a um alaskan raft too um i mean fortunately just on the willow yeah um it was a, a learning lesson for me being you know kind of newer on my uh, time on the sticks but um yeah fortunately just had to row out a few miles and we weren't out in the backcountry but mm. um yeah unfortunately it was the demise of that raft but yeah it's unfortunate i did save and if anyone listening i did save the d-rings i did save the floor um i saved the the um all the hardware, the mm -hmm. nozzles, all the everything. Oh, there's so many like accessories. So if anyone needs that, anything yeah. like that, and you have one of those rafts, eventually you're gonna need something. Just let me know. Yeah. Yep, man, I didn't want it to go to waste, especially those floors, because after talking to a bunch of people, I guess those really go out, and that's like a thousand bucks. So I'll hook you up for free if you need it. Let me know. Good move. What mm -hmm. raft are you rocking now? Uh, I have an Air Super Puma. Uh, the yeah, orange one. Uh, the orange one. Yep. Yeah, it's, those uh, are awesome. Oh, it's yeah a. Uh, I mean, kind of like a, you know, it's not necessarily the Cadillac around here as far as carrying a bunch of stuff and comfort, but it's, you know, a little zippy sports car. Yeah, those are Squeezed nice. Squeezed between the log jams and the rocks. Nice um, and narrow. I'm, I'm, I'm sold. Real nimble. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I do that same little. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are awesome. Move with the oars, too. Yep. yep. If I didn't have the whole family, yep. I'd probably go with that. I do a lot of big float moose trips and big stuff like that. So I'm going to go with the, um, the Otter. Yep. Um, NRS Otter Expedition. 14 foot just yes. can't go wrong can't oh, go the no. just, yeah man i i can't but i gotta order it's gonna take i don't know how long but at that size um is that still one you can kind of manhandle across uh ripples uh 14 you foot? Had to drag it oh yeah my other okay. raft was a 14 foot oh okay okay yeah. i thought that was larger um, yeah same is that about as big as you want to go uh me I mean, as big as I want to go, because right, I can handle it on my own. I mean, if you're doing big, a lot of, a lot of times they say the 16 foot for the big expedition trips is better. But where then, you probably know you're not going to drag it though. Yeah, well, you go with you, the big boat, no, right? there's going to be dragging all the time, depending on where you go. But as far as me, like I, if I want to just go, me and my wife or me and my son, I want to be able to right, right, do it myself. Oh, right, okay. I don't need someone to like, hey, come give me a hand, put this on the trailer, you know. Because it's so big and heavy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It seems like a good versatile size, you know. You can mm -hmm. float a smaller creek. You can drag over a log if you need. Yeah. Um, you can also take, you know, more than just one other passenger. Yeah. I mean, ideally, yeah. it'd be nice to have a few rafts. Well, uh, yeah. You know, I do have some <laughs> one-mans, but I really like those little small, those little small ones, those little two-man ones. The Pumas are awesome. Yeah, there's quite a few options now. Yeah, it'd be nice to have a few of those. Because if you just have the big one, then you always got to take the big one. But Yeah, I finally decided I think I'm in the, the pack raft mm -hmm. world. Oh, you should. Well, I don't even know 
I mean, I, alpaca. That's you know, the one. Bar, Barney Sports Chalet. They sell alpacas. Like I, I mean, that's after doing a little bit. I'm not a geek either. I just like look at a few things. Like okay, alpaca is definitely, you know, Barney sells them. They sell top quality gear. Sponsor Alaska Wild Project. And, you know that aside, they sell quality gear. They don't mess around. They sell the shit that they put that they get behind. And I thought, okay, I started looking around on the open market in in the thought of recycling equipment. Right, like I want to go buy something new, but if someone's got something lightly used or a decent price used, I'm gonna. And they're getting rid of it. I'll I'll take yeah. that off their hands. They're still really expensive. They are. So I was like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, I'm But they're still even good, the older ones. I mean, people are buying new ones because oh, of course, slightly better this yeah, or that lighter. on it. Yeah. But those old ones are just as legit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I it comes to a certain point when you're looking and, like you said, even even say you're on Marketplace, right? Yeah, that's what I'm looking to, yeah. And the Joker's like two years old and you're like, well, fuck. I could spend two hundred bucks more. And oh just yeah, go to Barney. I mean, like yeah. Some, yeah. sometimes these cats are a little ridiculous. No, it has yeah. to be the price has to be right, right. right. And you're well, like, I was just so. thinking, like, man, can I get a pack craft for like five hundred bucks? And I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just it's exploded. I mean, so yeah, I mean, it, yeah it, it did. You know, used market doesn't really exist anymore. Even just like the used raft market around town, like it used to. You know, I think be a little bit more favorable, but. Everyone's getting rafts out on the water right now, which is, you know, beautiful, but it um, mm-hmm. makes it a little bit harder to, you know, score yourself a Craigslist deal. Yeah. 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 You got to just be on it and in the market and find the right guy. Right. And I've seen some of the other brands. And so I like save it and then I'll go back three weeks later. I'm like, still for sale? Like, oh, that's not a good sign. Yeah. Like, why isn't it gone? Like, why for that price, 600 bucks? Like, why is that thing? I forgot the brand of it, but. And I'm only going to use it maybe one time, and I may not even use it at all. So, but I also know about the rule of good quality gear: buy once, cry once. Like, yeah. Do you yep. get the alpaca or do you get the, you know, alwaka? The al- <laughs> <That's> <laughs> nice. the alwaka and the fucking thing blows the seam, and you can't get back across the river with the caribou, right? Yeah. So then you're going like, well. That thing would have been every bit worth another six hundred bucks all day long yeah. to get me back home. I just keep my one man Elwaka. Let everybody <laughs> else buy the other stuff. And I'm like, yo, let's go. Oh, that little little one man. So you can yeah, I got a little um, the Costco uh, one? sportsman's warehouse. No, fish it's, cat. It's a it's a out. Yeah, it's a fish cat panther. Um, oh yeah. yeah, it's a double. Yeah, I have. I had. I had two of those. Yeah. Then the same week that my other raft that blew a seam, I'd set it up in my because my wife was mowing the lawn and mm-hmm. I moved it into a weird place and it got too much sun and I had hadn't taken any of the air out because I was I took it yep. somewhere with my kids and boom it just burst the thing and it wasn't so I ended up taking the good one from the one and the good one from the other one and made. One, <laughs> you know, Dude, like, um, <laughs> so I got extra frame for that too. Anyone listening, and yeah, but and actually, uh, too, the pontoon blue, yeah, the whole seam, the seam, the outer, the outer seam, and the and the inner tube, mm. like, got a, like a weird bubble. Oh, because it, I had set it up on the fence like this, and it must in have been sun. in the sun, and it just it was done. Well, you get that western sun, and too. I had that thing for like 15 years, and. and the original I busted because those ones are thick, super thick, and they're they're held together with the zippers. Yeah, 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 yeah. huh? 
Those are really nice. I used to do the Kenai all the time with those. Yeah, That's I've a done lot it. of fun. Oh. I call it a little, little river Porsche. Nice. You know? yep. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, maybe scoot. All right. They, those jokers scoot. What's some Kenai. rivers you've done? Have you done Golcana? Uh, I do Golcana. Um, I try and do it annually. It yeah. doesn't always end up being annual, but I yeah. mean, batting average is pretty good on it. Um, I mean, that's a personal favorite for sure. Yeah. Mm. Fishing's excellent. I yeah. love the Golcana. Yeah. And I mean, you get away from the crowds. I mean, we usually go in the fall and sometimes we're, we're not seeing anyone and it's. Incredible. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And that's great. I mean, when you can get out on the river and be gone away, away from phones for. It's the best. Five, six, seven days. Uh, it's. One of the best ways to spend time in my books. Um, You know, I'm definitely known to be on the Kenai during sockeye season and particularly in the fall. Uh, Definitely a fan of Willow. Um, You know, and any chance I can get my uh, raft out in some of the remote rivers, I'm trying to do that too. So, You got one in mind that's on the bucket list? Um, Bucket list, you know, I really want to get up in the Arctic. um, Cool book? um, I'm open to options, yeah. And I keep hearing of more so nice <laughs> um i mean near term though talchulitin is top of the list oh nice that is on my top yep, of the list yep. too man every time i drive by it i just drove by it like the towel yeah the talchulitin and i know several people have done it so i know what to do where to go and how to do it might i mean not to correct but it might be the chulitna um coming yeah. Oh, the oh, yeah, yeah. oh, you're talking the talachulitna yeah yes yeah. that one into the squetna Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Chulitna, though, also haven't done it also high on the list because that's like the other roadside accessible, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. you know, yeah, get on great, the river for the day. Great views. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, Eric, the towel, so you, also known as the towel. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flying, float down to the Squetna to get picked up or would you float all the way out the Yetna Yetna to the Sioux and do the whole damn thing? You know, I haven't done it yet, so I'm not the authority. Um, I think oh. there's a couple options. Um, I think primarily though, people are putting on up top, floating down and get picked up on the, the Squitna. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Which quite the change going from the towel to the, the Squitna. Yeah, <laughs> More of a beast. I've heard some stories of just, yeah, some pretty dynamic water happening there. Oh, for sure. So, and I know it's uh, a bit of a spicy float with uh, some pretty committed um, canyons. Yeah. Um, yeah, because there's but, a canyon that cuts you off at the jet boat. You can run up there and then you can't. I mean, there's this yeah. canyon that cuts you off. And I hear it's got it's some. Fun part. It's got some elevation change. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully I'll be back one day sharing stories from it. But yeah, um, cool. yeah I mean, great you fishing know, too, man. High reward when you're uh, in places like that and earning yeah. it, working for it. Then the Nana, I want to do too. I mean, that would that be, one's that one's. Some, oh hell I was yeah, really too. researching it like a couple of days ago. Yeah, you got any favorite floats? Um, go can I mean, my all-time favorite is the Upper Kenai. I love yeah. the Upper Kenai. It's pretty much my where I. I, I didn't say learn, but where I go the majority we're, of the time. We're spoiled. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just right there. I love it. I love it. I love it's camping the up there trip. on the river. Um, the Golcana is great. Um, I've done, I like to do that uh, Big Sioux from Talkeetna to Rabidou. Have you done that? I have not. It's it's a little intimidating the first time I, you I do it because it, yeah. it's, you know, you're on the Talkeetna and you just get busted on that huge yeah. raging Susitna. But once you get on it, you're like, oh, man, there's so much room. I go yeah, no, it's, I go it's not there. that There's sandbars all over yeah. the place. I mean, it's scary at first. <laughs> and, but that's a quick, if it's a beautiful day, 
could be the best view of Denali when you're on that river. That's like day float. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, it's only like day. it's only like two four hours. Hour, yeah. All right, turn yeah. it into four hours. And you park lunch, at the yeah. bridge at Rabadou, and then you roll up to Talkeetna, and the launch is right there. Oh yeah, okay. And go there, and they'll spit you right out there, and then Sweet. you can't miss the exit. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, that's a fun one. Was right. that was that fucking Sue just raged out though? Oof. Every river was raged out. Oh my goodness, dude! Memorial weekend, we went. Memorial weekend, Labor Day weekend. Excuse Labor me. Day, yeah. North. Past the Talkeetna and past the Sioux, I've never seen the water that far in the woods. Yeah, it was raging. I mean, it was that whole Rabidou. There's nothing. Camping area and like all water. Yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah. Could not freaking believe it. Yeah, it was really, really. All those rivers are high. Yeah, I wondered. I wondered how guys did that had float hunting plans and and late season fishing plans and well a lot of that time sometimes if you're doing like a moose float like when we've done um i don't really want to say it here but we've done some up north where we go moose hunting it's preferred that the water's high Mm. because it's there's so many shallow parts and you're so heavy with all your gear it's like man we hope the water's up because and, and then the campsites are high enough anyway that it doesn't matter how high yeah, the river but that's is, the right? downfall oh is a lot of times you're not going to get those okay. sandbars and okay. some of those places right. where you'd normally right. camp because mm. it's just filled up with water but you're moving a lot of quicker you know right right yeah so pros and cons there um yeah cobucks on my list i got a bunch on my list they're all on my list <laughs> i mean the more i think about it the longer it's getting yeah. yeah, there's worse yeah. problems to have. Yes, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and you got a new raft coming too, which I'm sure you did all the geek out on. Like, what's the most packable, and you know, oh, throwing an airplane it. and blah 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 blah. All of it. I did it all. Yeah, I love doing that stuff. Um, let's take a quick break. Let's we'll do be it, right man. back. Yeah, deal. Barney's Sports Chalet, supplying hunters and outdoor enthusiasts with the highest quality gear and equipment since they opened their doors in 1963. Barney's carries exclusive brands such as Alpaca Rafts, Sitka Sims, XO Mountain Gear, Hilleberg, and much more. Barney's prides themselves with keeping a huge stock on hand of various top-of-the-line tents, footwear, sleeping bags, optics, cross-country skis, just to name a few. Barney's is also the exclusive retailer of Montana Knives, Seek Outside, Kafaru, Stone Glacier, and their in-house brand, Frontier Gear of Alaska. Barney's has a superior selection of top-rated boots, sleeping bags, dry bags, mountaineering gear, electronics, and accessories. Need freeze-dried food or mountain snacks? They got that too. Barney's now has an amazing new paperback catalog available for in-store pickup or online order. Visit them today at barneysports.com, or even better, stop by the store in Anchorage at 906 West Northern Lights. If you want the best, there's only one name in the game, Barney's Sports Chalet. The Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. BHA is the voice of our Alaska public lands, waters, and wildlife. From national level policy work to engagement with boots on the ground projects from Kotzebue to Ketchikan. BHA performs public land cleanups, hunting and fishing clinics, and community education to help take your game to the next level. BHA's community-minded goal is to uphold our hunting and fishing legacy while keeping wildlands wild and fostering the next generation of sportsmen and women for years to come. Make sure to follow BHA Alaska for upcoming events, local brewery pint nights, and more. Stand up for Alaska public lands and waters 
by supporting the Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Join us today at backcountryhunters.org. The Treehouse AK, your one-stop dispensary located at 341 Boniface Parkway. When you pull up to the treehouse, you'll notice the beautifully hand-drawn art by Alaska's own Ted Kim. Once you get inside, you're going to see many of the same people that have been there since they opened. The bud tenders know you and what you like and what new product you should be checking out. The store is super clean and the music's always on point. The Treehouse and local owner Josh Boots is a staple in the cannabis culture through his music, community givebacks, and a lifetime desire to bring the people of Alaska the best products available. The Treehouse always has at least 25 strains available and they're all shown prominently deli style in clear, openable jars so you can see and smell your options. Other products include edibles, concentrates, vape carts, pre-rolls, flour, dab rigs, and anything else you need, they got it. They also have some pretty sick merchandise for sale. Check out thetreehouseak.com, or better yet, stop by the Treehouse today and get started on their loyalty program. Remember, you must be 21 years of age to enter their store. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. Add a little, little bite to it. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's good. <laughs> it's funny. Sorry, I walked we were up, eating. Came back. Came back <laughs> I see air just. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, yes. <laughs> Wasted no time with the salsa. It's uh, delicious. I'm ready for another uh, salsa and chip break. Yeah. You're going to have to wait a little bit now, bro. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I can earn it. Oh, yep. Got some butter. We'll another break. We got, a, we got a good start going here, yep. man. Doing great, Eric. Uh, on, just to finish off on the raft, the river thing, I always tell people to whenever they're new to start at that portage. Yeah. I think that's a great, like, starting. If you're going to learn, you know, it's short, it's a sunny day, you're close to town. Not, not a lot of hazards. Not too many hazards. Mm-hmm. You go to the lake, get your bearings, and then just yeah. go to the highway there. That's yeah, fun. I mean, first, uh, when I bought my first raft, that very same day went and. <laughs> right there? Yep, launched on Portage. Yeah. I mean, you get a little jog mm. through some rocks, and then, uh, I mean, smooth sailing, yeah. hot sunny day, take a dip in some of those bins. Yep. Yep. Perfect. I mean, one of my favorite things with that and some of the other rivers, too, is the the bike shuttle. You know, mm. get the yes. raft set up, go park the rig, ride oh. the bike back. Yep. Oh, jump you can on do in. that. Well, oh. that's always the main, uh, I wouldn't say issue, but think something you got to think about. Like, you got to have a way to get back. To the starting point. Oh, yeah. If you put your trailer at the end or your truck at the end, you got to get back to the beginning, especially if you're just going one person. Oh. So, like, as we we're discussing the yeah. Nana thing with me and my brother, we're like, oh man, dude, someone's going to have to park way. That's going to be, yeah. that's going to take a long time. To, yeah, there's to do a it. day, a day committed just to the logistics of getting a truck dropped and then yes. coming back up. So, a lot of people do Add what Eric's saying. It. They'll bring their bike. Okay. And then they'll just ride right back up and then on the way back out you'll just pick up the bike yep yeah i've uh i've seen some dudes at uh gyms in cooper landing on the kenai strip off their waders put on their running shoes and and just start running yeah yeah Yeah. what i mean i i i'm a big fan of just throwing the thumb out there man especially up there that's just like normal like i give so many people rides you give people rides you get rides Mm -hmm. um that's isn't that an unwritten rule i mean even if you're not fishing like and you frequent the area don't you stop and like hey, hey jump in real quick let me get yeah. this guy a ride yeah because you know you've been that guy 100 percent, or gal or whoever 100 percent. yeah mm-hmm. man it's hard it's <laughs> hard it's hard uh bet you've been a lot lizard before huh a lot lizard what is that <laughs> a lot lizard 
<laughs> I've heard of that. What is that? You never heard of a lot lizard? I have, but I don't know what it is. Man, let me hear Truck stops. Truck stops? Yeah, lot lizards, man. They come knocking on the trucker's door. And asking oh, for asking for stuff. Shit. A lot lizards. Oh. <laughs> CD underside of the truck stop. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Eric Eric knows what's up. <laughs> okay. That wasn't the lot lizard I was thinking about until you said that, but now I get it. Sound, <laughs> it sounds slimy. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, I didn't do the Gold Canada this year. I was planning on go with the whole family. They haven't gone. We do an annual boys trip, but now everyone's got kids, so it's turned into a family a family deal. And uh, my son had like baseball tournament or yeah. something, so we couldn't do it. But next year, it's it's on because he's. I mean, beautiful family thing though. Oh yeah, hundred sure. percent. Yeah. See a lot of 100%. families out there. Um, I started doing it with a, a family too, and I mean, pretty much watched a boy go from being eleven and just starting to learn him to row, and then all of a sudden he's. Rowing his dad the whole way and yeah, grease the canyon the and, and yeah, it, I mean, really, really cool to watch. That's where I'm at. My son's 12 and he's I've ready. been teaching him because I was like, I can't, I need to fish. Like yeah. I cannot just oar the There's whole time. Benefits like, for you too. Yeah, someone else has to oar so I can <laughs> fish. Well, and I, I may have said it before. I, I feel like you know, what if you pull a back muscle or or something goes awry? Yeah, because you know. You're a spring chicken for now, but, you know, later. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, true. That's true. But, no, I mean, you never know. Something goes wrong. You got to have somebody to back you up. Yep. You yep. know? Well, or what if you get sick or, or, or just something injured? I have. Like it, I did. I, I got really sick, actually, on a moose hunt. Um, I've told it before, but just. The vid? You. <laughs> yeah, I got the vid bad, bad on a moose hunt day two. We still had 112 miles ago. Yeah. And uh, it was miserable oaring all that and then just in the tent all night and then having to oar another 12 13 15 miles and for a week straight oh man mm. not recommended pretty miserable yeah not recommended <laughs> at all um i want to jump into that girdwood life a little bit <clears throat> how long have you all been right. out there uh i moved to girdwood in december 2021 Okay. The, the day before the mountain opened, unloaded oh, my stuff in an apartment, per- and then was out perfect. skiing pow the next day. It was a lovely welcome. Yeah. That yeah. seems to be a big passion of yours, the skiing. Skiing, uh, yeah. You know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It was, I think, my first true love. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been on skis since I was four. Um, oh, shit. And certainly, uh, definitely one of my primary activities. Definitely one of the um, things that has seen mm. a lot of improvements yeah. As far as boots, skis, materials, yeah, the, all that stuff. The gear's progressed in a, uh, a lot of ways. And, I mean, there's a lot of people getting into the sport now, which is great. Yes. Um, and they do have a lot of technological uh, advantages. And I, I think that's awesome. Uh, I mean, I definitely grew up on the uh, the straight skis and mm-hmm. uh, struggling. <laughs> yep, struggling through POW and... Um, <laughs> I, I feel Still like Still loved it, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh I mean thankful for skiing, also thankful for being able to kind of watch the progression of the the technology and I mean yeah. Twin Tips sure made it a sweet and rad sport again. It made it cool um, and to really, go back to skiing yeah. cuz well, as as I I grew up skiing as a young guy and I had the little skinny skis, you know, and it mm-hmm. was difficult on the pow days and then snowboarding came and I 
went to snowboarding and then the skis got so cool i want to go back to skiing yep because it's like man now you can there's so many cool things that you could do with the skis you know mm -hmm. the skins and the different clips and the like you said the the both edges and man yeah yeah i'm just saying I'm, I'm just looking at this picture right here so i grew up uh skiing as well um but just like everybody else back in in our days we didn't have double tip skis mm -hmm. <laughs> if you go backwards well yeah you're not going very far because it's digging in you know oh yeah and oh, double tip so it's on yeah, so you can, oh, yeah, on okay. both sides. So you can essentially ski backwards, you know, and, and oh, spin and everything else. That's how you can ski back. Oh, yeah. Okay. And back in the day, so to speak, this might have been going on to a certain extent, but it wasn't as prevalent and uh, I don't know what the word is, but the way it is right now. Popular. Popular yeah. as as it is right now, and just to see how much the the sport has progressed and advanced in, in mm -hmm. that yeah. yeah in that short time frame. Because if you think about it, it's not a long no. time frame. It, it it's been short. Yeah, um, it like it's just kind of mind blowing to see it happening. But and it, it also has gotten expensive. It's expensive. It's yep. not cheap. Because I remember back in the day, we would Isn't go hit Alieska all day for 25 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, and lift now, tickets what and is all it that. Now? Well, I 90? mean, it's even gotten, I think it surpassed triple digits. This Even this past year, it's gotten more expensive. Yeah. Um, and, and in my lifetime, I've <laughs> definitely watched it uh, get more expensive in Colorado. I grew up, you know, show up and there was a beginner lift that was free. I mean, what a great way to get people into the sport. Yeah, Lift tickets oh, were totally. definitely sub 50. Yeah. Uh, you could actually make the drive to the mountains in a reasonable manner and have yourself a good day. And now it's uh, long lift lines, expensive tickets. Oh, it's um, a $500 weekend now, right? Yeah. If you're not on the road mm -hmm. at 5 a.m., you're late. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Bad, you're be bad, in line. Mm -hmm. Are you telemarking? Uh, I am not a telemark skier. Oh, okay. uh, I did have a brief telemark foray, and it was um, beautiful. Really enjoyed it dip in the knee in the pow um yeah, yeah but you know, the fun days were the powder days and that's when i kind of wanted to have my heel locked and yeah, skiing hard and float it out because yeah. i think this picture are those telemark skis yeah that's uh okay. my uh my buddy adam he's still a, a diehard telemark skier and i love him for it is that's, that the home, <laughs> is that the homie at the top uh we got a picture up yeah uh the the homie on the bottom going down the rope is adam the telemark skier oh, buddy okay. up top is uh ben not right. a telemark skier. They look like they're having an awesome day. Yeah, this this was an awesome day. This was actually was uh, in the Swiss, Swiss Alps. Oh, oh nice. Wow. Nice. The snow was terrible. The views were great. The oh, couple sure. was <laughs> great. Was that, yeah. was that spring when it was uh, crusty? Yeah, it was, um, I want to say it was late March, uh, and I think it was the yeah. worst year that the Alps had had in 100 years. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> not what you anticipate when you, uh, or not what you're hoping for when you book. Yeah, a, a trip year, like that. a year oh, in advance. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Or two. That's, but that's you nature. book the one time. <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah. Shitty snow. Like the people that visit Alaska this summer. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get rain. It. Yeah. Hundred percent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, though, even on like, I mean, you get skunk on a fishing trip or have a tough time on a hunt. You know, you went out there to go have fun to be with people and have an experience so you know right, you're right, still yeah. getting yeah. some great stuff out of it yeah, yeah. and that i true. mean that was that trip for sure just bring a puffy jacket 
Well, yeah, Brand always. <laughs> I've never seen jacket. so many people in the middle of June and July with a puffy jacket on this summer. I'm like, God damn, man. I, my shit's not coming out until October. <laughs> um, do you have any um, any resorts or mountains that you are got on the list? Uh, as far as skiing? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, it can be hard to make the trip to ski sometimes, but, um, I mean, top of the list, Revelstoke and Kicking Horse. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, just some terrain I've always drooled over uh, and known for some good powder days, so would love yeah. to check those off the list sometime. Have you done much backcountry around around here? You've yeah. You've done Thompson but, Pass? Um, well, man. I have not done Thompson Pass yet, um, but before I was living in Girdwood, I mean, pretty much all of my skiing was in the backcountry around here, uh, primarily Turnigan, some Front Range, yep. and some Hatcher Pass, and then being in Girdwood, uh, I mean, Turnigan's just down the road, so. Yeah, I mean, big, big that, man. We, so but, are you, you said it before, we're so blessed to be in Anchorage and just be like two hours or an hour and a half that way, an hour that way, and you're just an epic yep. fishing or skiing mm-hmm. country. Are you doing all areas you got to hike to uh yeah so i mean we're putting on the skins um at the no, at the parking lot no. or whatever yep we're <laughs> no. earning our turns oh, yeah. one step at a time it better me earning too with turns. that four stroke <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean it's a good way to do it yeah no i just um i am a little scared to be relying on motors just because i'm nope, I not get it. all that uh familiar so, so i like what i know and i mean i know i can get out there on my own two feet and count on that so for the people that that are listening they don't know when you say put on the skins mm. yes what do you what do you mean diving in yeah. yeah uh yeah so the the skins um one side is uh glue that sticks to the bottom of your skis um and then the other side um is just packed with um these fibers millions of fibers um and they're oriented so that you can uh glide your ski forward over the snow and then when you put pressure down on your ski those fibers grip into the snow and it allows you to um kind of climb your way uphill actually pretty efficiently and effectively um Mm. without slipping backwards so, so like then a, you're you're like not a, it's against the grain it, it absolutely that's a yeah. great way to put it yeah. okay there's a good picture there of uh oh different okay. types of the f- skin yeah. that you could put and those, on and those and bite the ice and snow um not ice can be a challenge mm. um but you know you edges and then there's little things called uh ski crampons that give you a little extra sure. grip but yeah. you know in the right conditions they're amazing um and, and no, another place that you know the sports really progressed for getting people out there yeah. And those will let you slide forward but slide not back. Like cross country. Yeah, it's to a certain extent. Pretty pretty similar, yeah. Got it. Got it. Yep, and then, you know, at the top you uh rip those off your skis, put them in your pack, get right. ready to go down and have a hoot and do it again. Do they like roll up? Are they like a roll and then you Yeah, you uh roll. fold them on top of each other. People roll them up, but you know, okay. in general they, you know, condense down to an algae in size maybe some are get a little bit smaller oh okay when they're all rolled up it'll be about like that yeah okay and that's one side that's just one ski or or both of them together i would say you could get both of them rolled down to about the size of an analogy oh okay mm-hmm. okay maybe that's even smaller what, that's what that ski skins thing means yeah yeah i was just trying to 
Like act like I knew it, it when people <laughs> talk about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, those skins. I know. Those, very handy, those things. I'm not, like, yeah. not intuitive. <laughs> not intuitive. And I'm now my head is like. I, I'm not an expert, right but now. I do think it actually came from using um, animal skin. Um, oh, I bet. And, yeah, hide. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that was kind of like the early evolution. Huh? I didn't know that. Makes if sense. I'm wrong, Somebody you know, shout out me in the comments. But, oh, hey. Yeah. We like I'd love to, make, to know. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, you know what? It sounded very factual, and I believe you. So <laughs> if I believe you, the listeners need to believe you. <laughs> so where, where, where's your favorite? Where, where do we find you? Where's your favorite area? Um, I, His backyard? I'll go turning and pass. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love my backyard. I mean, that's, okay, weekday. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Alieska. Nice. Yeah. Weekends, assuming Weekend. the conditions are appropriate to be out. So on the weekend when I'm driving to Seward. Yep. Left side of the highway. Yeah, you're you're oh, the you're one somewhere him. in the middle. You're the there. one up there with the with the skins just <laughs> yep. on oh, his yeah. way up there. He's like, Yeah, I don't trust a motor. And I'm just like, God, I can make money <laughs> yep. hauling these guys up this hill. <laughs> Two hours up, five minutes down. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Well it's really cool that they designate that side. Non-motorized for guys to go skiing. I mean, there's so many. That's such a big sport here. That's such a big mm-hmm. thing that people do, um, and it's a great way to get out there f- fairly cheap. You know what I mean? Because yeah. Well, I mean, we had the conversation earlier. It's in the initial like gear investment it stings once, but you know, then you're then you're out there and you're not paying a lift ticket every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, those costs kind of equal out. Well, isn't yeah. that outing? an experience in itself too because you got the you got the resort feel the the mountain you got that vibe that comes from alieska right but that's a backcountry well there's no rules and i I was kind of talking smack you know like oh man i'd rather take four stroke drive up there i mean that's classic smack right there yeah but (laughs) but i'm not gonna lie like i i in the springtime when that spring snow was out and it's still it looks cool, fun. but that sun is just beaming, so it's warm. And yeah. I'm driving to Seward, and I see the skiers and the snowboarders, and they'll have their stuff on their backpacks, and they're just hiking up the mountain. And you're just like, God, man, that'd be so badass. Yo, it looks fun. I man. wish I had that motivation. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, it looks like a really good time. And it is. And then Forget you, the good. I'm just like, God, yeah. Imagine the views that these. Then you guys get to Johnson Pass, and you're like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna stop at Cooperland and Brewing. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get I some of that chili for a while, man. I, I would <laughs> say though, if you go do Thompson's Pass, it's really cool to bring someone with the machine. Oh, I, I have definitely heard that because that's yep. the way to roll, man. Yeah, to get back in there to some of those good spots and have yeah, someone and just zip you up there, and, and you can get so many runs in. Mm. I mean, I probably had one of the best times of my life. We used to go to the um, tailgate, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. tailgate out there, and we'd go ride. And the guys would bring their snow machine. I would just go to snowboard. I didn't have my own snow yeah. machine, and I just have my brother and his friends just. I want to do this one. Take me as far as up as you can. Then I just jump off and go. And oh, it's so beautiful. That's me. I, hey, my yeah. knee is like I, I just can't be doing that anymore. So I like to ride. So. I, I was going to say seeking uh, applications for there homies with snow machines. Okay, there you go. There you go. There I will drive all, and it's going to be a stunner too. I didn't even put it out there, but have you ridden back there in it's Thompson get, Pass? Yeah, and it's getting a wrap. Put on it too. Oh, the old Yami, the old Yamaha is gonna be Ooh, looking good. Oh, it's getting a mayoral wrap. About nine hundred pounds. Yeah, it's heavy. Yeah, get a winch. 
It's heavy. <laughs> Bumper winch. It's heavy, but it's got so much power because it's a straight 1,000. I bet you're one You of know them, everything got to go. I bet you're one of them dudes that does a pow turn sitting down. It's like... Oh yeah, dude. I just that. you know you know how the you know how the backcountry bro like dangles, right? He gets on one side, he's hanging his. Nah, foot you off. ain't gotta do all. You're that, sitting man. down, just like. Yeah, I do sit down a lot. Yeah, that's funny. It does look yeah. fun through pal, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting that mayoral rap. Stay tuned. There you go. Catch me out there, Eric. Have you done some heli stuff? Uh, never been in a heli. No. Are um, you are you fearful of it or just? I, I mean, there's a pretty big barrier to entry for getting in a heli for skiing. Mm-hmm. Um, one day, I, I would love to do it. Um, do you feel like your skill set of the skiing part is in line that you could do it? Uh, well, I think, you know, a lot it of those... sounds like you've been skiing since Or, or is it a wallet thing? Uh, it's not cheap either. I think it's a wallet thing. Well, um, I, I, and I want to ask that. I just mm-hmm. wondered if you were like, were you down for it? Yeah, no, I. it would be a dream come true. Okay. Uh, I feel like I could... Uh, have a good time on some pretty sweet terrain. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully with a, a group that was interested in some similar lines. Okay. One day we'd love to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, and it, cat it skiing is, is another thing it's I want to do, too. Cat skiing. Okay. Yeah. 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 I feel like you get kind of two different... I mean, and this is just my consumption of ski videos and whatnot. Um, I mean, in the heli, it seems like you get uh, access to a lot of the big, picturesque, long, uh, steep descents, which is, I mean, so cool. And then I think the flip side for a lot of the cat skiing is you get access to a lot of um, steeper, like, treed terrain and, and yeah. deep snow. Um, so, it, to me, they're almost, like, two potentially different worlds. At least that's yeah. what I've built up in my mind. Yeah. yeah. And I want to experience both. There's almost, nice. like, there's al- <laughs> like spe- there's almost, like, four. There's almost the skins way. There's the snow machine way. Mm-hmm. There's actually five. There's resort way, yeah. heli way, and then the track, the, the cat way. Do you know Brooke? Do you know Brooke? She lives in Girdwood, shiny. Um, I I know of her. Okay. Everyone does. I've met her a couple times. Yeah, oh, she's, she's, she's a legend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did listen to the podcast with her on. Oh, did yeah. you? For oh, sure. Man. She's she's great. awesome. Damn, yeah, poor thing yeah, had to go badass. drive home in like the most epic fucking snowstorm too. From here? Yeah, it happens. <laughs> I remember texting her like, "Did you make it?" She's like, "I made it." She. Stormship Troopers or some shit or Star Wars yeah, or something. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. The, the, the <laughs> totally. Yo, don't even think about putting the brights on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you just blind yourself. Yeah. No, she's living the life, man. Yeah. Shout out to Shiny. <laughs> she's doing good out there. Yeah, well, we should set up a trip to, to um back to Thompson's Pass, man. I'd love to go do that. I've man. never done tailgate. You've never done that no, either? No, man. Oh, ever. Man, it's so much I've fun. Never, I've never ridden a snow machine in Thompson Pass. Oh, man, it's I, so I, beautiful. I, I had three trips planned up there, not the same year or, like, year after year. They just were like, oh, turning in this weekend? Yeah, oh, man, I'll take Monday or Friday off. We'll make it work. And the weather just went to shit. Yeah. Yeah. Wide out or the well, pass was. Happen. Yeah, it was just every single time, though, yeah. it happened. So I just gave up. I was like, well, fuck it. Well, I got the motorhome now, man. We'll be oh, living nice. Shit, you got yeah. to go motorhome I mean, style. let's go, dude. Let's We can go we'll home. We'll go this people. year. I'm down to ride out the Spencer Spencer Glacier as well. I think it's. Are are they bringing Arctic Man back? They are. I heard that. I heard they are bringing back. Yeah, it is coming back. Um, Wait, didn't it already happen? Well, I think this year they brought it back. Yeah, they brought it back this year. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, that part. That already happened. Like Arctic Man, the race, the whole thing? I don't know if it's all of it. I don't know if it's all that. It's just a big. Eric, how long have you been here? Uh, This is my. 
I'm going on 11 years right now, so 10 okay. and a half years. Did Jill. you ever make Tardic Man before it went down? I have not, but I, oh. I'm i familiar with it. I okay. think I was familiar with it before I even got here. Yeah, yeah. Really? Pretty, pretty notorious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you heard of it like that? Yeah, I mean, same with Tailgate. The skiing side or the... Just the party, the the party part. side, yeah. Okay, um, and then <laughs> you know, tailgate was aware of the skiing side and sure, and the party side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like skiing with the more, uh, from what I hear, it's the skiing with the partying is the byproduct, versus Arctic Man is the party where the race is the byproduct. <laughs> yes, <Good. laughs> I can envision it. Yes, <laughs> even correct. though the Arctic Man is the race, but I mean, it really is like Arctic Man. Yeah, and the shit show that is. The homeboys pull up in the 30-foot enclosed trailer with wife beaters on mm-hmm. and jump on their 1,000 <laughs> Arctic cats fucking... <laughs> they get have I'd the, rather go to Tuggy. They get have the, <laughs> the races. They have the races. Yeah, they did go down. Oh, okay. they did have the races. 100-mile cross-country races. Hmm. Oh, I think... I, didn't Ira go? Huh? I think Ira went. Hmm. I think Ira went to go do that. He, yeah, do he the, probably um, did. He's diehard like that. They were doing like a horse... Toe oh, yeah. behind the ski jor. Yeah, okay, that's oh, what it was. No way. Yeah, and he was telling me about it. It's come out there, but I couldn't. Yeah, here couldn't it is, right it. here. Yeah. You met Ira? You know Ira? Yeah, I do know Ira. Yeah, yep. what a guy, man. Love Ira. He's selling his eggs. Who Anyone doesn't looking for fresh who, eggs? Who doesn't? I don't. I don't know oh, who does Ira. not know Ira. He's this guy, is, man. Yeah, He's the most the infamous guy. Definitely. <laughs> him and no, him no. and Big Kyle. I'm pretty sure they know like everybody but, in the yeah, last. Between them, two, the six degrees of separation is two degrees. Those guys. You're going to have official, unofficial representatives of Alaska. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So every time you go somewhere, they're like, hey, hey, hug, hug, daps. It's like you just don't not know anybody, do you? Perfect. Um, Tell me about the Lister open mic. Yeah. Um, I didn't really look into it that much. I just saw it on your page because I wanted to have a fresh, like, mm -hmm. mind on what it – Initially, my thought is it was it is reminded me of um, what's the storytelling uh, Arctic entries. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why I thought like it's an Arctic entry kind of deal. Am I mm-hmm. on the right path? Yeah, I think a little bit. I mean, it's okay. definitely a real and raw personal story with the idea of being able to connect with people and uh, yeah, share. Oh, and for people listening, the um, Eric's um, Instagram is ebootman, and uh, also welcome to Alaska Wild Project episode one hundred and thirty-three. <laughs> A little late intro there. We have Eric Booten here from um, Girdwood, and also representative of Trout Unlimited. Correct. Correct. It's kind of how we do things there. Yeah, we wow. just the salsa, man. That's <laughs> all. It's been a fun Come start. Away. I'm excited to be here. So, yeah, thanks, thanks, for for yeah. thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Um, so explain to me a little bit what, what it is that, is that just kind of like a, a, a life, your life story? Um, that's, yeah, yeah, okay, no, 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 go ahead, go ahead. I was lost for a second, <laughs> but that, that's the post that you, yeah, the open mic, you posted yeah. up, right? Yeah, 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 yeah uh, okay. Definitely relevant and timely. Um, I mean, so, uh, Blister's a, an outlet out of Colorado that does a lot of uh, outdoor recreation and particularly okay. gear review and um, also doing a lot of story sharing amongst the outdoor communities. Um, and for the last four years or so, I've been kind of having my own journey back from some uh, hard times with um, what was well over a decade of uh, challenges with 
ongoing shoulder dislocations and recurring surgeries that uh, put me at a really tough spot in my life and mm -hmm. um, kind of got there through a way of um, just the learned response of not listening to my body and my needs and um, just suppressing a lot of uh, the challenges that I was having um, and got to a point where I had a um, injury to what was at the time my good shoulder um, mm. after having four shoulder surgeries and dozens and dozens of dislocations on my left shoulder um, and that kind of tore me down really hard because um, I was uh, putting a lot of eggs in the basket about having one good shoulder and yeah. here I was facing a, a nightmare which I mean at the time was my biggest fear was hurting my my right shoulder um, and you know kind of my response was to do what I had been doing of just pushing forward, pushing yeah, through, not through. worrying about it. Yeah. Um, and you know, It'll the, go away, right? Yeah. The Dave um, Goggins approach. The, you know, who that is, uh, I don't know that I do. <laughs> oh, Goggins. Oh man. Goggins is, uh, he's an old, he's not even old, but he's ex Navy seal. Oh, yeah. Goggins. Green beret. He's a machine. He's the one that Holy did shit. like a hundred mile, like, ruck march run type thing yeah. with both of his ankles shattered just wow. ignoring the injury yeah. and ignoring the pain going. Just mind, mind over matter mind over matter yeah pissing yeah. blood type jeez yeah. yeah yeah hardcore and yeah. you know that'll get you so far but i think what i learned is at a certain point you know mm. you got to kind of address those challenges head on um and that's the only way through them um and uh what was uh shared on the um blister open mic series was kind of um i guess my personal story and journey and where i got and how i got through it um and i put that out to the world um knowing that um we all have challenges in our lives um and sometimes they're hard to talk about um but that doesn't mean that they're not there it doesn't mean that we're as our own individuals not having challenges um and i think there's a lot of value um in for those of us who are willing to share putting that out there so that others can uh, relate to it um, and hopefully mm. find some um, some meaning. And that was, as I was going through this journey of recovery, something that I had intended to do early on. So mm. really proud to have this piece out there. Um, it was a significant undertaking and took years, but got to a place where uh, I'm, I'm pleased with it. And so, yeah, yeah if, if people want to uh, search that story out, um, it's out there. Take a look. Yep. Blisterreview.com is where you can find it. Um, Blistercraft Collective. Um, I, I, I really understand your mm. shoulder deal. I have a really, really bad knee. I've had five knee surgeries. I have to have a knee replacement. I'm always worried about my good knee. Mm -hmm. Um, I put a lot of pressure on the good knee and I'm actually going to listen to this when we're done so I can hear a little bit more of that. Um, but that's great for you to share because a lot of times you hold that in as someone because all your friends are still going, all your buddies are going, and you don't want to be like, I can't go because my knee, you know, or whatever. And it's yep. just for someone to have the courage to put that out there for the world to listen to, I, I got to commend you on that. It's great. Yeah, Thanks. I appreciate it. And, yeah, yeah. resonate with uh, what you shared. Yeah. That hits home. Yeah, it's a vulnerability, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. To just yeah. – like break the barrier down and let the world know what your struggles are. And it's, it's probably pretty crazy how many people are out there that are experiencing the same struggles or challenges. Yeah. 
physically, but I think probably the biggest challenge is the mental side. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. Right. And like that—that's the struggle's real. It, yeah, because I, I'm sure you talk about mind over matter, right? Well, the mind is what makes the decision and the choice, right? Yeah, and I'm sure Eric knows as well as a lot of other people, but like. Uh, just in general, the body has a high tolerance for pain. Sure. Like, I'll take myself, for example. Like, I live in pain every day of the week. Same. Um, It's just a fact of life. It's what I've been through. It's the lifestyle that I live and I put my body through, you know? Um, But, and it's not to say that that someone's weak-minded, Right. But your mind can only take it for so long mm. before, I don't want to say like you lose your mind, but your, your, your brain in general just had enough of the constant pain 24-7. And where where then it, it gets turns weary, in, gets weary and weary yeah, and heavy. Turns well, into you, a mental yeah, thing. You get like, grumpy about it, man. Right, and that's not the quality of life that you want, and you're like, Fuck this! Like, I'm always in pain. Yeah. Everything hurts. I lay down. I hurt. I stand up. I hurt. I go to sleep. I hurt. There's you know a whole lot of weight with it. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's the word. It carries a lot of weight mm-hmm. just on you in general. So yeah, yeah. And then yeah, your shoulder thing. If I remember, because that's what this is about. Yep. But if I remember correct. Did didn't weren't you out of skiing for a while? Didn't you do something else, or am I thinking of someone else? Um, to like the knee or ankle or something like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, all my time on the couch for skiing has pretty much been from my uh, shoulder dislocations and, and okay. surgeries. Okay. No, I thought I. Uh, I thought that maybe it was someone. I thought I saw a post did, about did, like you, you get did to something the point else. Where you would like? Can we talk about it a little bit? Yeah. The, like where your dislocations were, could you just pop them back out and then persevere through? And then would you even have multiples during one trip? Yeah. Um, it, they started off um, with uh, subluxations, just kind of quick in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pop, my pop, first experience pop, pop. before um, re injuring my labrum and uh, having to get surgery again. Um, and after that, it shifted towards full dislocations. Um, the first one happened. Uh, when I was just in the train park doing a 540 spinning off a jump and oh, dislocated shit. in the middle of the air, and I <laughs> fell out of the sky, and it uh, was a really rude awakening. Um, and that, you know, came with hospital bills and all oh, of that. It was um, never the same after that. I mean, it just... Yeah, the, you know, just over time, it um, gets looser, um, and, you know, the more you dislocate a shoulder, the more... Uh, bone gets chipped away off the humeral head and makes it easier to slip out. Um, oh, is so that it, why it, that happens? Okay. Yeah, it, it predisposes you to more. Um, yeah. And it, uh, I did get to the point where I was regularly um, resetting um, my shoulder. And um, sometimes <laughs> it was, um, I mean, it was weekly, sometimes near daily, sometimes. Wow. Oh, really? A uh, couple times is multiple times in a day. So let me like just doing normal things, the life things, sleeping, taking off shirts, oh, putting on shit. coats, oh. Um, oh, so reaching we, for something. Was this a, a, a oh. onset from an injury? 
Um, or 540, bro. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it, it wasn't until later on that I kind of, uh, at least a doctor presumed that I have just kind of loose ligaments as it is. Um, but the mm. initial injury was um, I ran varsity cross country um, in high school in my junior year in weightlifting class. I uh, um, actually had a, a race that day and asked not to lift um, and was told to lift anyways. Um, and we were doing max outs. Uh, a military oh, variation, yeah. A military variation behind the neck, um, and you know I got that weight up, and then the gravity kind of won and took the weight back for a little bit for me, um, and uh, subluxed my shoulder, and that was kind of the initial injury to my yeah, yeah left shoulder, um, and then it was just kind of uh, yeah picked up steam from there. Did you race that day? I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I had to ask because I already knew the answer. Because <laughs> I guarantee you probably somebody or yourself figured out how to pop it back. Yeah. Well, you know, well, I'm not, not going to race. I mean, I'm fucking varsity. Fortunately, those early ones were, yeah, they were like in and out on their own. Oh, um, I oh, mean, but okay. still it was like, you know. That was a, you paid for it later, though, with ice and. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it, um, it was a new experience um, at that time. And, um, yeah, that was kind of just dealt with it ran i mean i think i you know complained about it a little bit but early on it wasn't it didn't feel like a big deal early on um, yeah. for sure especially when i was well when you can tell yourself like eh, it hurts but i'm fine yeah and yeah. also you know being uh 17 18 doing sure. um yeah. skiing mountain biking like injuries happen you know mm -hmm. almost like getting a, a surgery was you yeah. know that, that was normal you know sure yeah. No concerns about being back there. Just All you think about is rehabbing, getting back out. Yep. yep. <laughs> back in five months. Yeah, so. it's like yeah, the injury six, is like, I'll, I'll be good as new. I'll be good as new. Yeah. Yeah. How does that? How did that affect uh, <coughs> Rowan? I yeah, know, I wanted to ask that. That's a question. that's a good question. Um, let's see. So left turns only. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, a lot of this uh, the 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 peak of my shoulder challenges were really when I was in. Um, college, um, and then carried on to an extent once I got um, into Alaska. Um, at that point in time in college, I was mostly um, skiing and mountain biking as kind of like primary hobbies. And of course, you know, there were some challenges at a certain point as far as continuing those activities while protecting my shoulders. Um, mm. and in the back of your mind all the time. Oh, for sure. And then um, at a certain point in college, I just needed a new... Uh, safer um activity and um i'd already had a, a fly fishing rod and had a little bit of experience but kind of dove into it then and that's when i uh i mean pun intended got hooked um <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh and then when i was in alaska um you know boat pretty much mandatory um and the fishing was opposite shoulder um it was opposite shoulder at the time yeah, yeah. good shoulder i good, should say yeah, yeah. i mean since mm -hmm. then i've you know had to deal with rehabbing the casting arm um but right you know thanks to some um people with some skills and experience helped show me some improvements on my casting and got into the switch rods bay rods which helped quite a bit um nice. as far as hand is that was yeah spay, yeah spay. it allows you yeah. to you don't have mm -hmm. to go it's kind of like back it's all more in front of you mm -hmm. um but as far as uh getting into rowing um i mean being up here certainly wanted to to get in a boat and um, get on the water and um, yeah, I, I picked up uh, rafting kind of at a point where my shoulders were feeling good and it was before my uh, 
right shoulder injury. Um, and in general, um, I can, I can row with confidence. You know, you're doing all of the, um, all the activities in front of you. And it's kind of like in that same sort of safe box. Um, as far as kayak paddling, you know, you're kind of reaching out, you're extending, you're exerting pressure on those outer limits. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't have comfort in, um, those sorts of paddle sports, but, uh, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable to, to be on the oars all day. And actually, you know, the, the summers where I've been out on the oars a lot, I think have really helped strengthen, um, strengthen and, and yeah. also add I'll confidence bet. and, you know, being able to get out there and do that activity successfully with, without problem. Um, I mean, that also was definitely some positive feedback in, um, it boosts you up, doesn't it? For sure. Yeah. yeah. You made a good point. I didn't think about that when you're kayaking, it's mm-hmm. a whole different motion on the on the side to side versus that traditional or it is all yep. just right in front yeah. of you. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, you're kind of I rotating. You're just this the is arm, this is the, the main the motion shoulder, or this yeah. is the main motion. Instead of versus flexing, like yeah. pack raft or something, you're gonna yep. be doing and a lot more of this I, or you know. I would love to get into the pack raft game, but unfortunately it's not not the right right stroke for me, but yeah. That's okay. So, I'm doing so some fun stuff. So to oh, bring yeah. it full circle, so the issue still is still there. It's not like a uh, something that's been corrected by surgery or anything. Um, yeah. Like the, it can still happen at any given. Moment. Yeah. Well, um, I, at this point, I I like to think that the issues have been been solved. Um, you know, it took four shoulder surgeries to get the right one for my left shoulder. Gotcha. Uh, my right okay. one, I got a little bit more aggressive surgery to just to help really lock the joint down. Um, and I, you know, at this point, I have developed good confidence in that, which is personally very reassuring. Uh, I mean, after what I've experienced, there's still the, the mental game of knowing that, you know, I had the feedback of it can happen again. Um, and that, you know, can be a, a challenge too. But I'm also trying very hard to uh, navigate my adventures and experiences um and keeping that in mind but not letting me hold that back or not letting that hold me back gotcha yeah. gotcha that yeah. makes right right so and choosing the activities that you know are going to be appropriate for whatever right so it's elements not that or issues you have like me i don't play soccer no more you know i don't snowboard anymore i, I would love to you know but now i don't now i I play hockey. It's less on my on my knee. I I, I ride the bike. I or I do things like that. That's right, just right. different. You know, you can still find passion and love and yep. fun and yep. so many different activities. That of course, you know, soccer and snowboarding. I loved it. I did it my whole life until at one point I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Yeah, I guess that's where I was kind of leading towards. Is it's not that you can't pack raft. Because I'm sure yeah. you have the oh, capabilities. Can do awesome. it's, yeah. it's more of you know your limitation. You you don't want you know, to. Why put yourself at risk, right? Yeah, yeah. the risk yeah. isn't worth the yeah. reward in having an issue re uh, reoccur yep. itself or show its face again. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. that makes total just, sense. Yeah, yeah, knowing that you're kind of going further into the realm of yeah having that. Uh, exposure to more potential risk got it, got it. Again. Yep. okay okay yeah. good point well and the tolerance level is as you've gotten a little bit older mm-hmm. still a very handsome young looking man but as you get oh, yeah. older 
Spoken for, ladies. You, as you get older, it just, you <laughs> know, you just think about. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> She's traveling, I heard. <laughs> you, you just, you just, you know, I mean, what do you want to put yourself through? You pick and choose, right? Yeah. You know, there's, you'll, you'll do a turnigan trip. You'll do some things where you're like, all right, I'm willing to, you know, embrace the suck after this trip and what it brings body pain mental but do you want to ever put yourself to that that next level of the shit where you've been there's muscle memories for a reason right yeah, like, man, i'm not throwing on the snowboard and going 80 off the south no, I mean, face you, trying I know to hit you a 780 dude I'm like i'm not I, know, I, I mean i know you do it on your like last day right but like you're not trying to do it and then try to go to work tomorrow right yeah no, everyone's got to go to work tomorrow <laughs> exactly man, man. yeah yeah. yeah no, uh, let's take a quick that. break, and we're gonna get back into uh, the Trout Unlimited stuff yeah, and all that other good. cool stuff that you got going on there. Back yeah, to the salsa. To that. Back to the yeah, salsa. Get that yeah. Salsa, bro. Yeah. You got t- you got t- two minutes and thirty seconds. Big Ray's the Alaskan Outfitter, committed to outfitting Alaskans across the state since 1947. Whether you're a recreator, parent, guide, or corporate buyer, Big Ray's has the gear you need tailored for Alaska's harsh conditions. At Big Ray's, you'll find brands like Carhartt, Grundens, Darn Tough, FXD, Okiwear, and more. Big Ray's is your one-stop shop for both outdoor gear and rugged work attire. Check out their new exclusive line of durable but affordable waders inspired by and named after the majestic Aralik River in remote western Alaska. The Aralik wader was designed by Alaskans and proven for the diverse waters of the last frontier. Visit Big Ray's at any of their five locations statewide, two in Anchorage, two in Fairbanks, one in Kodiak, or check them out online at BigRays.com. Tailored Restoration, helping Alaskans turn disasters into new beginnings since 1972. Their 24-hour services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, and repairs. Tailored built its reputation with years of committed and reliable service to the community with innovative restoration and home remodeling. When you have an unexpected home issue at the most improbable time, Tailored has an emergency response number with trained professionals available to help you anytime, day or night. Tailored Restoration has locations to serve you in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Give them a call at 907-344-1239 or make an appointment today at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and Overlander products. If you want to customize your vehicle, talk to the team at Total Truck where you'll find their expertise along with top brands such as ARE, RSI Smart Caps, Goose Gear, Eye Camper, Front Runner, Rigid Lights, Rhino Lining Bed Liners, and everything you need to outfit your truck or SUV. Want to turn your truck into a sleeping option? They have rooftop tents, custom camping equipment, electronics, and solar energy packages to keep you powered up deep in the backcountry. Stop by their store location on Dowling between the new and old Seward Highway or check them out at TotalTruckAK.com. Um, I want to say a quick thank you to um, a lot of the companies that recently have reached out to us to send us um, some gear. Um, I want to say Alaska Gear Labs, um, obviously Sagebrush, Wrangle, um, some of these big rays, some of these other local companies that are sending us stuff to um, use and test out. Um, 
What's up with that camera bag, though? That thing's legit, isn't it? Oh, my God, dude. It's so that legit. is so cool. I was just on on their website um, today because I want a smaller. I did buy the Cavern, the biggest one he had, but I want, like, a smaller one that's more like a, a like three-dayer. Size? It's duffel, the, oh. the duffel, but more like a yeah. you know a three dayer versus you know the ten the ten dayer. Um, have you seen any of uh, sagebrush dry? Um, I have borrowed a bag once. I loved oh, it. Really? I've back in the sportsman show days at um, the Sullivan Arena. Yeah, yeah. definitely go drool over those. Oh, man. Don't have in the lineup now, but I mean, I need to change that. <sighs> it is. I mean, amazing. especially with that that rafting game. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, even if um, you know throwing stuff in the back of the pickup, or do you have a pickup? Yeah, yeah, and, and I have and a cap in it. You know, oh, leaks. Have, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're not they're not sealed tight. <laughs> but the raft, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a, little, a lot of other good bags. I mean, watershed and and makes some really good stuff, mm-hmm. and even like yeah. you know, Cabela's and yeah, there's Uncle plenty Mike's. of other ones. But yeah. to get something that's locally made. And just stand behind their product. It's just, and I I beat that bag up, man. I beat that oh, bag man. up, and it's just holding strong and true. Alaska. I ready. want one of each. I mm-hmm. mean, and they have like, um, I, I'm, when it's all said and done, I'm gonna have all the bags. Yes, I'm just like, what color do I want? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like the bright options. I like the yellows. I like the reds. I like the blues and the greens. The greens are obviously, you know kind of go with everything but i like the bright stuff man i like to when i drop stuff on a beach whether it's you know a hunt a float a fishing trip i like to know what my shit is you go with four or five guys it's a lot of shit you put on a on 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 a boat beach whatever it's a lot of stuff and i like the that's my gun scabbard that's my dry bag that's my stuff because it's color-coded yeah it's bright it is um trout unlimited alaska um man they're doing a lot of great things up here um they're doing a lot of great things all over the world really Trout Unlimited is um i i did watch i want to say there was um an award show recently um my homie our friend oliver was getting some do you know oliver yeah. yeah, I know Oliver. He was uh I was on the Volcano with him this summer actually. Oh you were? Oh okay. really? Yeah. Love Perfect. Oliver. Hey. Oliver's a great, great, great person. Great show we had with him. Fishy dude. Fishy dude. Oh, Fishy yeah. dude. Mm, he's all right. God, you don't guy. call me to go fish. Oh man, you that gotta call catch, him, man. He's out there. Fish, you gotta catch me. him in between trips. <laughs> he's going. Yeah. <laughs> um, He'll but be I, out fishing. Where you at? I'll be trying to fish too, man. You don't call me. I Oliver, will, uh, I will say this. Um, speaking to um, our buddy Dustin down at the Bay Check, uh-huh. um, he he tries to go to a lot of these meetings that are happening with you know government officials, Department of Fish and Game, and and people <coughs> like that. And it just seems to me, um, like trying to watch some of this stuff. Sometimes they're on video and and reports from him going that it just doesn't seem as if the turnout is what it should be. As far as actual and everybody? people representing their areas. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people that are going, but it mm-hmm. should be like a packed house because they're talking about issues, dealing with issues that we are affecting all of us, yeah. you know, right behind these closed doors that you should have been there or could have been there. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, across 
uh, I mean, all sort of levels of government um, and agencies when it comes down to resource management decisions. Um, I, it, I think that in general, there's challenges with uh, community engagement and turnout. Um, mm. And I mean, a lot of things do happen kind of without the public knowledge um, and, you know, whether or not that's because the public doesn't know it's happening um, or because there hasn't been a whole lot of effort to make sure that they're aware. Um, yeah, like not a lot of promotion. But it shouldn't it, right? be that way. No, it These shouldn't. days yeah. with so much social oh, yeah. media. There's, there's and, no excuse anymore. It's not like you're putting up yeah. flyers around, yeah. you know, like yeah, the hoping work should be see up. it on the street side. Like, yeah. You can see it on right. Instagram and Facebook. One of the right things now. that I've noticed, though, and that's not to cut anybody off, um, with a lot of these public forum things, whether it's fishing game or whatever the Muni's got going on at the Lusac, they like to hold things mm. while all of us sitting at this table are sitting at work. You mm. want me to take off of work to go attend this. So you have this at 11 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Like, we're all at work, people. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, the go strategy. Ahead. Well, well, I mean, uh, sometimes it's hard not to think that that might be the case. But you know, someone who's regularly trying to let people know about these opportunities that they might care about and get them there. Um, I mean, I can be there because it fits with my work role. Um, so I can be there in a professional capacity and be there at noon or ten or four. Um, but that doesn't translate to the average citizen's schedule um, and that's kind of consistent mm. feedback that I think we do have on a lot of these public processes that you know they're not all in all all that open to the public sometimes and those are barriers uh, for people to be able to attend during the workday and sometimes even to um, attend after the workday um, and you know that's we do true. this point in time we do have a lot of different ways of connecting with people and, and hearing from them and sometimes we're still kind of in this model of be at this boardroom at this time. Um, there's a lot of other ways we can engage the public in that process. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well said, man. Yes. Um, what, what initially brought you to getting involved with Child Unlimited and what is your role currently? Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm going to jump back uh, a decade or so here. Um, yeah. I, um, Moved to Alaska in 2013, um, bigger, wilder, less people grew up just seeing Alaskan ski movies and having that interest. Um, my grandpa used to come up and fish silvers every year. So see his photos, enjoy yeah. some of that deliciousness. And, um, but then once I started fly fishing, it was kind of like, okay, well making this dream happen. Yeah. Um, and you know, I got my way into, um, fish habitat conservation in Alaska, um, not as any sort of scientist or expert or attorney, um, just as uh, a person who was getting really excited about fishing and um, cares a lot about our uh, ecosystems and being able to uh, have healthy ecosystems for everyone and really enjoy all of that. Um, resource, right? Yep. And so that, uh, once I got up here, led me into the the fish habitat conservation world. Um, I became a member of Trout Unlimited and was uh, um, volunteer with the uh, chapter board um, for the South Central Alaska Trout Unlimited chapter for a number of years and really enjoying that experience and um, 
getting involved with the organization and working closely with the staff um, and helping build uh, a community with the rest of the volunteers and hosting events and turning people out and getting to meet people in the, the fly fishing community and um, learned a lot, um, both in terms of just Alaska and fishing um, and also uh, hosting events and interacting with people and um, just the power of community, really. Um, yep. And then uh, a position became available at Trout Unlimited, and uh, it was right up my alley, and uh, here I am today. Perfect yeah. timing. Um, and my role has just kind of evolved as our um, the Alaska program has continued to grow. We are a national nonprofit. We do have um, the Alaska program, which I'm staff of, um, and then we do have four volunteer chapters um, throughout Alaska. Um, and my role is kind of in the South central area to, uh, work with the community, um, and connect anglers, um, supportive businesses, um, and, uh, just the general public with our initiatives, um, our conservation projects, um, and our goals, um, so that we, can kind of grow this community of conservation-minded anglers um, and lead to some great outcomes here in Alaska. Uh, beyond that, I've kind of taken the lead on our um, efforts helping support the restoration of the Eklutna River, mm. um, which has led to, a, I mean, a whole lot of additional uh, professional responsibilities beyond just kind of the uh, public outreach and <laughs> events and engagement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but kind of been growing and learning the whole way uh, um, along the side of what turns out to be a really great team. I, I think that there's fishing in general is a lifelong learning experience. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. not something <laughs> that you're like, Oh, I know how to do that now. You know, there's still always something else to learn. Well, it's a journey for mm -hmm. sure. I mean, if you're passionate and you love it that much, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. How many um, members or I think members is the correct word yep. do you say are in the Alaska Trout Unlimited? Is it a chapter? Chapter. Uh, yeah. So we, let's see, we have the Alaska program um, and then we do have four volunteer chapters, um, one in South Central, uh, one on the Kenai, one in Fairbanks, one in um, the Tongass area. Um, Southeast. I, I, I don't know our exact number off the top of my okay. head, but it's um, what's like a couple, average. I mean, a couple thousand? more than a couple thousand. Yeah. Oh, that's um, great. A oh, good yeah. chunk of which is in the South Central yeah. area. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. What are some of the pros of becoming uh, a member and being involved with the Trout Unlimited? Yeah, I, I mean, as far as membership, um, I think the the biggest thing is, I mean. All the honey holes you get emailed. Well, uh, you're honey air hole like, week. Eric's fishing here. <laughs> Is, you he get a tracker. A you got a tracker on Oliver. That's twenty-inch <laughs> rainbow at this spot last Wednesday. That's for the life member status. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> platinum well, only. Platinum. I, I think the. I mean, the biggest thing is you know our, our members are the first to hear about um, our activities and opportunities. Okay. Um, and. Uh, throughout the year, um, and in particular in the off season, we are hosting a lot of different community events. Um, and you know, they're the first to know that like, Hey, this is happening, like be here, join us. Um, yeah. and so really puts the foot in the door for joining the community. Um, and also like gives, I mean, a 
a pretty uh, small little financial gift, but you know that's still some contributions that help oh, keep adds, the lights it on. It adds up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know that being said, we also really value our supporters, and we open all of our events and activities to supporters because we don't want a membership to be a barrier for you coming out and joining us, mm. even if it's just for one thing. Because yeah. you know our our goal um, beyond ensuring clean water and healthy fish habitat is for the community to have the opportunity to be um, exposed to what we're doing um, and uh, hopefully learn a little bit about um, angling in Alaska, fly fishing, getting some of these skills, um, you know, so that they can be out there on the water and enjoying everything that we have to offer or that, you know, Alaska, our wild fishers have to offer. In turn, that also helps create advocacy and appreciation of place and yep. connection to that place. hundred percent. You got that right. Uh, kind of random, but I just came to my mind when you're talking about that. Do they get involved at all with like ice fishing things? Yeah, that's, a, I mean, a great question. So our, uh, volunteer, um, chapters lead, um, sorry, our, we have boards that lead our volunteer chapters, um, and they kind of take the lead on how they want to interact with their local community and bring them into the, the mission. Um, yeah. And over the past several years, the uh, South Central chapter um, has had, um, we've had family ice fishing days um, out in the valley where we've got some people that know a thing or two and uh, help get, you know, yeah. rods rigged up and people catching fish. Um, we've also had uh, a handful of um, the... Uh, it's kind of our chapter meetings are we try and have a monthly, but a little bit of a special interest meeting, bringing in um, some of the uh, avid ice anglers to um, kind of share on a topic, whether or not it's sort of the, the gear that they use in the Valley and kind of like how to, you know, approach getting, I'm not an ice fisherman, so I might butcher some terms, flashers <laughs> and um, some of these other kind of technologies and, and putting them to work um, and being able to, you know, help elevate your success out there there or even just like you know what are some of the basic tools what do i need to go buy like where should i be looking for some of this info so that i can be out there yeah, and not intro just level stuff yeah yeah, yeah. um okay. so i mean trying to bring some of that education to people um by bringing the knowledge in um and then also setting up some of those opportunities where people can be out there physically learning hands-on having fun yeah but along with that you guys get involved with bigger projects like the seclutna thing can we jump into that a little bit um, for Go people? For I mean, that's, uh, I want to say this is fairly new what's been happening, right? Can you kind of explain what it is that has been happening and what the goal is? Yeah. Um, let's see. So we're talking about the uh, Aklutna River um, just north of Anchorage. A lot of people are familiar with uh, Aklutna for uh, the Aklutna Lake. Um mm -hmm as well as uh, the Aklutna Tail Race. Um, but specifically, you know, the Aklutna River um, historically held strong runs of all five species of Pacific wild salmon. Um, and it has been in the news more recently because um, in 2018, there was an abandoned um, dam um, that had been there for, um, I mean, off the top of my head, um, since... It was built in seven, or 1929 and um, rendered useless in 1955 and since then had been left to block fish passage. Um, mm. And this was around the time that um, kind of the effort to remove a lot of these uh, quote-unquote deadbeat dams was really taking off. Um, mm. And so it was a, an opportunity to rip out this 60-foot dam that had been 
taking what is like a 22 mile watershed, narrowing it down to only like, um, eight, seven, eight miles of, um, habitat for, for these fish. And I mean, causing a a significant blow to the fishery. Um, and so that was just a really big celebratory moment, um, to have this obstacle that had been blocking fish passage for a considerable amount of time get, um, torn out. And that was led by, um, Eklutna Inc. Um, and the conservation fund. Um, and unfortunately for the Eklutna river, that was just the first of two significant problems as far as hydro, uh, electric impacts to the system. Um, so by removing, removing that dam, um, it opened up access to another eight or so miles <coughs> upstream, um, mm-hmm. to Eklutna Lake. Um, and, um, the, the other information for kind of how water is used in the Eklutna system, um, we have the current operating Eklutna hydroelectric project, mm-hmm. uh, built in 1955, rebuilt in 1964 after the historic earthquake. Um, and that project takes all of the water out of Eklutna Lake, um, funnels it through the Twin, Leaks er- Twin Peaks area, um, to the hydroelectric projects project where it um, releases water into the Eklutna uh, tail race, um, the popular put and take um, hatchery. Um, and so because that project diverts all of the water from the lake, there's no water running down the Eklutna River um, to support wild salmon. Um, so that means that for uh, a significant amount of miles below the dam there, there's uh, zero water. Mm-hmm. Um, Meanwhile, uh, we have uh, fragments of all five p- species of Pacific wild salmon still in the river. Um, and what we've uh, learned from tearing these dams down in other places, um, and also from how fish have responded so far, um, if they give a, uh, have a barrier taken down, they're going to take advantage of it, and they're going to push their way up. Mm. Um, I mean, so... They persevere. They persevere. So currently, um, there is a small amount of water that actually accumulates past where the dam once was on the Eklutna River, and that's coming in from tributaries, groundwater, et cetera. Yeah, Yeah, but we're talking less than 10 cubic feet per second um, for those of us who are... That's a Exactly. It's a trickle. Um, But with that trickle, adult coho and juvenile coho have pushed more than a mile past where the dam once was. Oh, wow. So, so they're there, like, well, they're ready to do the way, job. Man. They yeah. want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. So that's, um, they're circling back to however many million years ago. There's yeah. like, we'll still go. Yep. There's water. Exciting. <laughs> we'll and come back every year. <laughs> and, um, you know, the, the, and then the, the transition here is, you know, so we, we tore out this dam. That was a problem. We removed that barrier. Currently we don't have water coming out from the lake, which is still an existing barrier mm. um I, you know a huge one yeah we're we're in alaska we're supporters of wild salmon so um the obstacles there are you know getting water back in the river so that fish can utilize that habitat and then also getting an anchorage fish isn't shrinking unfortunately no when it comes to its need for water <laughs> well, yeah now i thought i don't mean to cut you off oh, go ahead. i thought i heard I, I i've got actually quite a few things but okay um <clears throat> While we're on that, I thought I've read somewhere that I, th- I think it might be you guys mm-hmm. that are actually fighting. I use fighting as loosely, yeah. Um, advocating mm-hmm. to divert water away from the Twin Peaks area, a small portion, mind you. Yeah, 
to push water back into the Eklutna River to repopulate that or give those fish water that they need to do what fish do. Right. Yeah. So, so circling, circling, how is that going? Yep. So circling back, um, the, the, uh, no water's being released. There's no fish passage. Those are the primary concerns. Um, the Eklutna hydroelectric project is currently going through their legally required mitigation process where they're obligated to make up for their impact to fish, uh, wildlife and their habitat. Um, and so for, uh, Trout Unlimited, we're working closely with Native Village of Cluida and others. And our goal is to have um, water uh, returned to the Clutna River flowing in a natural hydrograph like it would naturally at a level oh. that um, will allow the fish to um, make it up to the dam and access that habitat, as well as get fish passage in there so that the sockeye fishery can... Um, be restored um and so that the fish can access all that great habitat in the lake and beyond so yeah yeah we're um working our way through that process right now um 2021 2022 were this um the field studies where the data was kind of being collected to consider all of the the big questions including you know how much water you know if we turn this much water how much habitat is available etc to start thinking in you know terms of what needs to be done um and currently all of that info has been being reviewed and alternatives are um, being proposed by members of the technical working group which includes state and federal agencies the utility companies municipality um and then trout limit and others are included in that process so they're as actually well. chewing on it like oh they, yeah they, they want to actually see it happen too yep and now um there are varying takes as far as what needs to happen there's a whole lot of people yeah um that everybody's smarter than everybody right well there's a lot of clear (laughs) expectation that the fish need water and fish passage um and Mm -hmm. then then, you know there's some different interests in kind of Mm. not meeting that that goal so there are some some challenges where we do and i'm sure everybody has a valid argument in the whole thing yeah it it sounds um like a simple process in actual actuality there's a whole lot that goes into it and I, I do need to take a step back as far as the water use. Um, so all the water is diverted out of a Klutna Lake. 90% of that goes through the Klutna Hydroelectric Power Project, creates about 3 to 5% of electricity. Um, so nearly all the water for a small amount of electricity. Um, and then the other 10% of that water does go through um, the AWU system and provide nearly all of Anchorage drinking water. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that is... Uh, I mean, a, a use of water that is clearly imperative. Yeah. Um, but being able to have a small percentage of water to return wild salmon, um, it's a pretty agreeable ask. Well, I'm kind of well, curious about this. It doesn't seem like it has to be that much. What, water to go back to the river? For the, the fish. Well, yeah, well, I'm curious I mean, about this we, electric dam well, that's up there, the hydroelectric mm-hmm. dam. I mean, if we only need 10% to drink. I mean, we just spent how many billions of dollars to build this state-of-the-art power plant off of the Glen Highway. So how much... I'm sure you don't know the technical details, and I don't mean that in an insulting way. No. But how much power is the hydroelectric dam putting out versus how much power this massive... We have two monstrosities of power plants between... I guess they're all true gas electric now, but mm-hmm. the Glen and then the South Anchorage one, that one's a behemoth, mm-hmm. you know? So 
I mean, come on, guys. Yeah. Well, what is the main opposition to this? Um, you know, in general, I mean, I've been for the last, I don't six years of my professional career talking to the public about this um, and making sure it's on their radar. And there's a whole lot of excitement. Um, and at the end of the day, this, you know, is a opportunity that could be a really good, feel good, um, doing something for returning um, a wild salmon stream and bringing it back online um, and having a storybook ending. Um, and that's the the public perspective. That's what a lot of anglers, a lot of organizations are seeing. Um, and in general, there's, I mean, I think a lot of support um, across the board. I mean, when it comes down to it, um, from the utilities perspective, you know, they're talking about um, having some some costs associated with it and changing the way they operate. Um, and those are challenges for them. Mm. Um, so mm. we have been there throughout the process, us and a lot of other groups trying to uh, bring creativity and work through them because these challenges can be yeah. addressed. And I mean, we're... Well, it just seems that happen. like the way things have been going around Alaska and Alaska's wildlife and resources, everything's dwindling. And this mm -hmm. is like something that's trying to restore something back yeah. in its actual way yeah. that it's going to do it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Right. That, that dam you said was what, built in the 50s? Or 20s, re 20? Um, or which one? Yes. Re re renovated? The, uh, remodeled. Yeah. Original dam 50s built in 1929. 60s. It was in the Klutna River Canyon. Um, and then the current operating one uh, built in 1955. Yeah, the, the hydroelectric 64. one. Yep. Right. So it's 2023. Obviously, mm -hmm. that's old technology. Yeah. I mean, what's it going to cost to bring that up to par? You know what I mean? Versus yeah. just... Tear it back down. to natural. Yeah. yeah. We're, I mean, we're talking about putting some of water that's currently um, committed to a hydroelectric project to a different use. Um, there, it is, like you said, old technology. There's uh, presumably a fair amount of ways where they could streamline their process to make that water pretty easily available. And, and as far as the amount of water we're talking about, I mean, we're talking about um, at most a couple hundred cubic feet per second in the summer. Um, and then in the winter, oh, stream it way 75, down. something like yeah. that. And yeah, you could shut it down in the winter. Time. Damn I mean, nothing's Damn running. Near. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, the, the flip side of that is for the, for the winter time, um, is as far as the fish go, the they do need that, that flow of water to, um, be able to, to still hatch and, uh, well, yeah, not not yeah. shut it off, off, yeah. but but it's it is substantially less. turn it down to yeah. the trickle that it's at right and now. The I mean, when we drive over the Klutna River on the highway, we're seeing um, a very small amount of water, and it's actually all pretty much all water sourced from Thunderbird. Um, that river historically flew or flowed um, closer to Eagle River. Mm. Oh, and it diverted. Um, closer is in the amount of uh, water oh, flowing oh, down. Oh, yeah, so gotcha. it, it, it was Whoa. significant. Klutna River? <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. Moved we, we, like Eagle River? Um, not moved, but the amount of the water. That's what I mean. That, that water was moving that like the Eagle River water moves. Like, yeah, like the, the vol that volume and that quick. Yeah, because yeah, when you go over the Klutna River on the. Yeah, the river's I, like you as don't wide even, as you don't table. Even, you don't even see it. You don't even see it. Right. You've driven over it a hundred million times. You don't even look. Right, I you see it when it after a downpour. You see Eagle like, River because it's a big raging river. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. 
But you don't see a Klutna at all. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. And Thunderbird Falls, you don't see anything either. That lets you know how long that that river's been dried up because those trees oh. down there are so grown. Yeah, it's oh, yeah, choking yeah. it off. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. And, mm. you know, again, this is a, an awesome opportunity for us to bring back a wild salmon stream within the Anchorage municipality, a historic sockeye run. Um, Chinook salmon habitat while the species continues to struggle. It's it's a cool opportunity. Um, and, you know, for those of, who have been listening, we're expecting that um, the utility companies will be releasing their preferred alternative, uh, basically their proposal for how to make up for their impact in late October. Um, and then in January, there will be public meetings, which we hope you will attend. Okay, that was my um, next question. Yep, what, that, how, how could the yeah, public get yep. involved? So um, that's kind of the formal time um, when the public can be involved. But, you know, in the meantime, pretty much, I mean, most You said people, October, Eric? I'm sorry to cut you off. It, um, so October is when we're expecting the draft alternatives to be released. Oh, okay, so we'll, okay. We'll January, know what's January. on the table. And in the meantime, we're trying to make sure that good alternatives are on the table because there's okay. some bad ones out there right now. Um, oh. And then come January is when there's going to be public meetings, you know, um, come up to the mic or submit your comment and those will be extremely important times but in the meantime 11 a.m yeah hopefully <laughs> we'll, we'll be <laughs> advocating <laughs> for an appropriate <laughs> time um however there's never a good time man everybody's busy as shit all it, the time totally man. yeah well one thing that you can do when you're not busy as shit um is most of us are ratepayers to these utility companies um their boards are part of the decision making process yeah mm. so you can drop them a line um and let them know you know, that you support returning water and fish passage. Um, and um, on TU social media, we do have a direct action link that will well, send who, that message. Who runs too. that power plant awesome. back there? Um, yeah, good question. Um, operated by Chugach Electric Association, Matanuska Electric Association, and then the uh, Anchorage Municipality still does have a huh. share in it from the Municipal Light and Power Days. Okay. So you might not know the answer and i'm just gonna ask it in in general yeah what does what's the stance as far as the occlutna tribe area goes yeah. um how where are they at on this yeah because um, I'm, I'm assuming that they're big stakeholders in this one way or another absolutely yeah this has been a um Good significant question, impact Mary. on Good their question. namesake river and severely impacted their ability um, to practice subsistence and pass on a lot of their cultural knowledge. Um, you know, so for them, while many of us haven't been familiar of this or familiar with this issue, you know, they've been living and breathing this for a very long time, and yeah. they have many a generations. Yeah, that haven't even seen water flowing down the entire river. Um, so they have put forth a vision statement, and that includes. Um, water flowing out of the dam, and fish passage, the primary goal is being able to ensure that all five species, including sockeye salmon, can return. And, I mean, it makes sense, yeah. I mean, I'm not that guy, but, I mean, it's it's the Kalutna tribe that's back there. It's kind of their river. Yeah. It's kind of their land. Yeah. Yeah. One of those things like, hey, uh, we own this area right here, right? This is part of our tribal land area. Like, this is what we're going to yeah, do. This the, is what mm-hmm. we want. I, I can't help it. What? I miss an ignorant question. What was the trade off? I, I, I mean, are they getting some sort of, of funds uh, from the electric? Kickback. 
Are they getting some sort of... No. No, no this was... These impacts were made without them being consulted. Mm. Um, both mm. of them. Yeah, this was uh, pre-state So, on hood. the record, there is no financial gain whatsoever uh, to yeah, them for... I mean, I can't comment for them, but as far as yeah, I'm aware, there's none. Not and that, okay. For them, this is just no, a, that's a good answer, long-term right? problem that, you know, they're ready to see solutions to. And, in, you know, in the meantime, they uh, do have a significant amount of land that has... Um, been made readily available for various projects and developments um, for our communities. Yeah. Mm. So, what are some other projects that are um, on the horizon or something that's been in the works that are going on? I know, obviously, Pebble Mine has been mm-hmm. a, a thing that you guys have been involved with. Is that one? Is that done? Um, or is it still like? Yeah, that's a good question. I heard it was done. I know, but then it's still like. Uh, yeah, well, you, you know, you have something like that that's worth a lot of money. Then um, gonna keep you know, trying. there's the yeah, the so wolves are put still a lot of money. Into yeah, it. yeah. Um, you know, it's not going to be done until um, there's some sort of act in which those mining claims are retired and not accessible for mining. Mm. Um, so that's oh. the future site. Um, you know, meanwhile, the the governor there got to be a deadbeat dam. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, You're not it, quite deadbeat yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so there's still um, interest from uh, uh, the um, Pebble Project to have ways to to be able to access that. Then the sure. governor has his lawsuit against the EPA's action. Um, I mean, if we zoom back to when I first got involved with this in Alaska, um, I think we would be elated that we got to this point. Um, that we were oh, able sure. to get um, uh, a veto in place on the project uh, yeah. at that given time. It so sure, much opposition, right? Yeah, and yeah. It, and at that point in time, it seemed like it was you know we were David against Goliath, um, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of people that didn't think it could be done, and we made that happen, um, and we should continue to be proud and pleased. Um, but yeah, we do got to do a little bit more defense to make sure done. that. It's not. Um, Got to put your foot on the jugular, right? Like finish them off. Any, yeah, innuendo for kill shot or final nail of the coffin <laughs> or yeah. kick it over the goal line or finish yeah. it. Full yeah. tap yeah. out. And, and then, this is like at this point though we are going into like overtime. You yeah, know, we. Yeah, we're close. Yeah, so All right. that's great. Well, I mean, how do, how does that mining claim back there? How how does that get retired? Um. I'm, you, you know what I mean? Or is this a 50-year Choke out its money. <laughs> no. Another another finishing. Or, or yeah, does it not get retired him, until that claim owner's like, it. Yeah. whatever. There's got to be some folks that are like bottomless, you know, pockets. They're right. Like, of course. Right. So this could be like a 25-year fight. Well, whenever there's someone who thinks there's some money to be made, they're going to keep and going. There's, and right, there's right, endless amounts of money to throw at it. Right. Yeah. But there is like the, a threshold, man. Yeah, and I mean Some the point. Uh, the armchair attorney in me would say something along the lines of shifting those mining claims into another use uh, of the land, likely through mm. an act of, um, I would guess, um, Congress. Um, so something other than mining claims, um, other things have been tossed around, like fisheries reserves and something like that. So yeah. gotcha. Oh, okay, got it. Um, I read an article today um, on uh, Alaska. Public media. Um, it was discussing. Uh, you have time ri- to read? Yeah, man, I do. <laughs> I read every day. Uh, river oxygen levels um, that seem to be getting choked out um, because of hatchery fish. Mm. 
joining wild rivers and mm-hmm. actually increasing the amount of fish that are in there, then obviously decreasing the amount of oxygen mm-hmm. in the river. Did you read that, that article? I think I read that yesterday. Yeah, it might have been yesterday. Uh, I haven't read that article, no. Um, I'm familiar with that potential, though. Yeah. Yeah. What is, um, is there a stance that, I mean, what is, uh, in, in basic, what is the stance of Trout Unlimited's idea with hatchery mm-hmm. and yeah. that stuff? That's a, that's a good question. Um, most of our Alaska work to this point has been focused on um, maintaining healthy habitat at this point we've shifted to doing a lot of restoration of habitat that's been degraded mm-hmm. um and we do have you know work throughout the country um and so we're kind of learning and involving from that work as well um in alaska we haven't done um a whole lot of diving into the hatchery issue um in other parts uh of the pacific northwest um we've dove in pretty deep um particularly in regards to um wild steelhead and hatchery steelhead. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are working in more um, into that fight down there. Um, and we, I think, do have uh, some interest to have some more conversations about what that looks like in Alaska as far as addressing some of those concerns. Yeah. Is it a thing where, like, don't spread ourselves too thin here. Let's focus on some of these things first before I mean, we move to the, it's, the next yeah, issue. There's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely somewhat of prioritization and capacity thing. And I mean, mm. we can can't take one step anywhere without uncovering something else that we would love to <laughs> dedicate yeah. our yeah, time to. You open to. up a can of worms, um, everything you yeah. touch, uh, and just the way. It, yeah, and we're you know we're talking about a small organization with a, a small team and the <laughs> a, a state that's a third of the size of the rest of the U.S. <laughs> um, we got a lot of great things going on here as far as like good, healthy watersheds um Mm. and then we do also have yeah a fair amount of uh concerns in the way of um mega projects on the horizon and also like small impacts that we can uh, take care of to help um bring habitat online um and you know it's it's hard to approach a state like alaska with some strategy um one of the things that we have done throughout the country is kind of prioritize the waters in which we're working on um so looking at the um, importance of some of these waters um, for uh, ecological function or for wild fisheries or for um, economic uh, reasons and also places in which TU can have a role and be impactful. Um, so that's something that we have been doing over the past few years. Like bite off like pieces you can chew on and yeah. do something with versus take this on and you're just... Well, Never oh. going to dent anything, right? Having the highlighted spots of like, you know, we can focus here and we know we can do work as opposed to like, this is Alaska. What are, what are we going to do here? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. How do we not get sucked? Narrow over it over down there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. my question is, it, it's a national organization. So why can't, and it might be an ignorant question. Take, I'm not afraid to say that, man. Right. Take, uh, I don't know, California, right? It's hot. They're, they're running out of water anyways. So, hey, dude, like, your stuff is low on the priority level. So why don't we shift your resources, like your personnel, 
you can help research the oxygen levels of the river systems of mixing wild run and hatchery induced river systems, the mixture of the two. And let's combine our resources to tackle this. And then we'll help you with these as you figure out your state type thing. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the, you get what I'm saying. I, I do. Um, and correct me if I'm, you know, if I'm off on my answer, but you know, I think that uh, each of these um, locations and um, rivers and watersheds that we're kind of prioritizing, you know, those are important to the uh, people in those communities. And then also the basis of clean water and, and life. Um, and then take that out to the next level for recreation economy. And then for those of us who, you know, want to go, fiddle around with a fly rod in our hand. So, I mean, any well, given, yeah, it's I, important I, for all of us. I'm not discrediting, and, and I say that, but I'm not discrediting yeah. California. You know, it just using that as an example of, hey, let's, we could take a one person from California, one person from Arizona. We're just picking one person out of each chapter. That's probably double the size of the Alaska chapter. And let's combine and, attack this yeah and you know i think the one of the biggest benefits that comes from having that wide presence you know is we're getting a lot of exposure um to a lot of different problems um and we're kind of learning through that and also building um kind of knowledge amongst our staff so that we we do have a science team that's familiar with these problems kind of across the u.s or in like the pacific northwest and then that can be translated to uh, addressing problems or concerns elsewhere so kind of building a little bit of uh internal knowledge um you know in in meanwhile in at least for you know the sake of alaska one of the reasons we have such great um habitat and water quality is that we are a little bit further down the road as far as um kind of the expansive development that a lot of other places saw with industrial revolution and Mm. And other things. And so we have witnessed all of these ways in which other places have impacted fish habitat and wild fisheries and what the consequences were. Yeah, um, so we can take a, a more conservative approach. We, we can learn from it but, yeah. and not do it. Um, and we can also see, you know, the impacts we have had um, mm. and see what was done elsewhere and uh, apply those lessons here to mm. make up for those impacts. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of benefit in those um, knowledge from elsewhere. Right, yeah. right. At the same time, why are you trying to steal people from Arizona? <laughs> I mean, wherever well, I'm just I throwing mean, out. They all want to come up to Alaska. That's yeah. for sure. Oh, I'm sure they're like, "Whoa!" The, is, is there a chapter in every state? Um, I I bet you believe that is. is the case, and I'm gonna confirm that because I know there's a Hawaii one. Oh, there is. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> uh, I mean, if, if someone from Volunteer Operations is listening, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. I think yeah. there, I think that there are. Oh, that's um, awesome. And many states have many chapters. Yeah, yeah. Um, can we, um, before we close it out, we're getting kind of long here. Can we highlight maybe some of the um, some of the great things that Trout Unlimited has done? It doesn't have to necessarily be in Alaska. Um, some of the highlights of things that they've accomplished and been successful with, um, and then also one more time, how people can get involved. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I'll can I have you highlight in Alaska. One, one thing specifically, real quick? Shoot. Because we didn't touch on it, but if you go on your or if you go on the Trout Unlimited Instagram page, the Resurrection Creek 
uh, you'll see a video of it, and it was a massive restoration project. I'm talking like full blown do- so dozers cool, in the creek, pushing dirt, moving things around. So, if you could just for sure, quick, here's what happened type thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're we're talking uh, Resurrection Creek um, out of Hope. Um, super popular family fishery. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great time. Good place to get some right people on, on some the, pinks. Right there on the 90. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, also one heck of a, a trail in uh, wildland area. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, Resurrection Creek um, was one of the sites of uh, one of the initial gold rushes um, in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Uh, so early 1900s to mid-1900s experienced significant placer mining. Um, and... Uh, that left the river in um, pretty poor shape. Uh, it took what was a healthy salmon stream with um, <laughs> diverse habitat characteristics and oh, pretty man. much straightened it, um, degraded, you know, limited the uh, diversity of the habitat, which was poor for fish, and kind of upped the velocity. Um, there oh, was, I see. yeah, there was made uh, it rage out totally. Um, mm-hmm. Made yeah, made it not a good it, home. <laughs> yeah, and it was it's a downhill stream. Yep. Um, yeah. In uh, the 2000s, um, the Forest Service tackled an initial uh, restoration project, um, and uh, I think one and a half miles restored that into good quality fish habitat um, and had some some good success. Uh, right now, we are in um, phase two, uh, the second phase of that project, um, and so that's a, a two-mile stretch um, paralleling the road as you approach the Resurrection Creek parking lot. Um, oh, is that what that huge construction section? Uh, part of it. Because um, some of it's highway expansion. Are we, are we talking about the right? No. Um, no, no, no so no, this, no. Is, this is down in the Hope area. Yeah. Oh, oh, yep. oh. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. You know, headed into headed into Hope, um, you know, okay. before you get to town, you peel off left to head up the dirt road to resurrection okay um one of the spots of resurrection um past trailhead yeah um, right along resurrection creek there um and that's kind of where this project has been been going on um and Mm. so yeah uh restoring two miles of habitat that was lost and abandoned to uh from the plaster mining operations Mm. um so bringing back uh, this year, um, built in a whole bunch of great channels and good habitat. Um, and then Let there was the a video up there. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. If, if this isn't like a video that not moves you, but well, lets yeah. you know that you're making a difference. It shows the magnitude of, of what. Yes, magnitude of what they're doing. What, they're, what, we're, what we're doing to resurrect something. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Right. Oh, um, yeah. Words yeah. And yeah. so in the video, yeah, they're, um, they're adding, my rerouting the, my head. the water into <laughs> these habitat yeah. channels that were created that have better habitat for fish. Um, and actually, I mean, pretty much immediately following, they were packed with humpies. There was a, a great visit oh, yeah. where there was a bear in there oh, fishing. Awesome. Um, and right. so, you know, this is a, a, a pretty cool project and, and something that we're proud of. It's been uh, a partnership with the Forest Service, the National Forest Foundation, um, Hope Mining Company, who still operates in the area but is invested in this river, um, and uh, Ken Ross Mining wow. Company out of uh, Fairbanks. That's cool. That are willing to put their own money into this. To, yeah. To restore. Yeah, this is, I mean, a 
a partnership of yeah diverse interests coming together to make things happen for fish. That's um, cool, man. And that's also look at the truck drop, proud of. dropping a load of gravel and then the cat grading it out and. Yeah, I mean, you said the, fed, the federal government's involved in this as well. well I'm assuming. Yep. it's moving. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, the National Forest Service is uh, um, uh, has large involvement because they're a, a landowner of the area. Mm. Yeah, right on. God, that is so cool, man. That well, and, and that's okay. So that kind of answers Adrian's question. Daniel had mentioned maybe like nation nationally. You know, do you have any? perspective oh, gotcha. or, or anything like anything coming down the pike anything that's happened anything kind of earth shattering or moving the needle recently yeah i i mean i gotta say my my focus is purely on alaska right um, i um but you're connected as a unit we nationally are. though right mm-hmm. right um i mean i think one of the things that we're routinely um proud of and, and pleased with um mm-hmm. is you know, I, I think our organization does a lot to accomplish these restoration projects, um, to learn from science um, and apply that into the resource management and decision making. Um, and, you know, some of that work is pretty isolating and out in the left field, and a lot of people don't know what to do with it or how right. to understand it or how to interact with it. One of the things I'm most proud of is um, how we are able to connect people Um to what's happening um, and help them be involved, um, give them tools to be involved and also give them some kind of understanding of how this uh, impacts not just the rivers we love to fish, um, but also uh, the waters that are so important to us as anglers, but also our communities um, and everyone else. Um, Mm -hmm. And along the way, you know, I think we're doing a pretty good job of of having some fun um, and bringing some people uh, into a, a community. Yeah, that's and good. yeah, I mean, I mean, oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I just got to uh, wrap up with you know one other thing we've got happening um, next Friday is our annual Armed Forces um, oh, fishing trip. Yes. Um, so we'll be uh, okay rocking it. That's huge. Um, nice. Down on the Kenai, uh, we've got a good handful of our Kenai guide ambassadors lined up to uh, get members of the the Armed Services um, oh, out in their cool. boats for a, for a good time. Dallas Voss, who was recently yeah. on here. Yeah. podcast yeah. is yeah. running a boat for us nice. um and this is uh one of the opportunities that we are able to host every year it's supported by um ken ross and um i've been able to help plan and host the last four of them um and they're oh, something you're, ho- that you're hosting it i help put it all together and uh nice, you know um get the word yeah. out and find Thanks people for to join on that dude and it's uh, a really awesome part of my job um mm. it you know it takes time and effort but being able to get people out there, whether or not they've caught a fish, whether or not this is their first fish. Um, it's a freaking blast. Um, and there's a oh, lot yeah. of great relationships that have came from it. Um, oh, I bet. Yeah. Networking, connecting and well, and just, um, yeah. Members of the armed forces community yeah. having a good time together. And you That's know, great. a lot of them are, uh, fishing with each other now. So That's yeah. Awesome. Uh, you mean after the fact and, yep. and annually, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. Cause they and, connect. Um, Hence the networking yeah. part. Yeah, uh, Adrian was out with us uh, last year for the 2022 one on Willow with uh, Adam oh, and nice. the Fishhound crew. Nice, sweet. I was. It's a good yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. I bet. I, yeah, I believe I bet. you tangled with a hog. I did. Uh, 
If you don't got a picture, if you don't got a picture, it don't count. I got a witness right here that I was rowing by, and I was backpaddling as much as I could to get a look. I got a look. I, we floated past it on Thursday. Yeah. And I just stared at that yeah. same spot like this. Did you Did you put bitch. a cast there? No. Because I already remember what happened last time. <laughs> well, you got, like, knew not to do it again. Sucked up in a log jam, right? they call that yeah. the log hog? Yeah. The log <laughs> hog. There it is. I was like, I'm not doing it. That That's one always spot. wins the battle, bro. Yeah. Log hog. That yep. one breaks your line every time. <laughs> one, yep. one or two log hogs in that river. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. That's funny. So, no, they're definitely a good time if you're listening and you're a vet and you want to get in with it. I mean... Go to the Trout Unlimited Facebook page or Instagram page. Shoot them a message so they have your contact info for the next one. Nice. It's really uh, did late what, Where back, was the location again? Um, this one is going to be on the middle Kenai. Nice. Yep. Okay. Uh, we try and bounce it around. Mm-hmm. We, we've done the, the Kenai before, but we try and do a different spot um, every year. And sure. Usually it's well, it's a big turnout. Dozen to so two dozen f- people. Yeah, you so. got to find the right How river that people? can support everybody. Uh, we, a dozen to two dozen participants. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice. They said thousand. Like, oh my what? gosh! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. I don't know if we're, we would love to do that. I don't know yeah. if we're prepared for it yet. Um, what river supports that exactly? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Campbell Creek. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, pleased to be able to to have that opportunity. Um, and if you're interested in looking for that in the future, the best way to keep in touch um, and get kind of the instant updates um, is our uh, Instagram uh, out. At Trout Unlimited Alaska um, and our other social media channels, um, you can reach out to me. I'll, I'll plug you in, and you know uh, we've had a lot of great conversation here. There's a whole lot of other things Trout Unlimited that is doing uh, both in Alaska and nationally, and you know we take uh, another nine hours to cover those. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> so get sure. involved, Alaska. Get involved. Get involved. That's get involved. Always, this is for our man. future. This is for our kids. And for our stuff as well. 11 a.m. Lusak Library next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Ask for it off now. That's right. Uh, Eric, thanks for coming in. Thanks for your time. Um, thanks Great. for sharing your story. Great work, and, and, Great um, work. Telling us about your, your shoulder and your passion for your skiing and your obvi- obvious passion for Alaska and what you're doing with Trout Unlimited. Um and like you said, and as was mentioned, sometimes a lot of that work is done kind of in the shadows or kind of in the background. Um, so we appreciate you coming on and, and maybe shedding a little light for some of our audience and some of our listeners on, on some of the work that you guys and some of these other um, great um, organizations are doing. So really appreciate your time. And um, for people listening, is E. Bootman. Uh, on Instagram. And the Trout Unlimited Alaska is also the other Instagram. Um, any other last comments? I'm Eric. Thank you. I, I man, I love to end the show with some really, you know, heartfelt statements. And it it's it, once again, it's amazing to sit in here and have these conversations with people, and, and have the eye to eye, you know, conversation and and contact that you are truly passionate about what the mission is for. Trout Unlimited, your personal agenda and passions for Alaska conservation, fish, wildlife, water, people, because the fish impacts people. People impact mm-hmm. fish. It goes both ways, right? Yeah. And you truly, truly love what you do and 
and this is what you're all in on. And and thank you for that. Yeah. You're you again, you said you've been here since 13. You're as an Alaskan as anybody, bro. Yep. You you <laughs> love it, you've embraced it. You're entrenched in the culture. And you're you're a person that's trying to make a difference and make it better. So I, thank you for that. I will accept that, and uh, it's man, been a real treat to. It gives me goosebumps <laughs> saying it. I I really appreciate it, man. I do. And, and just to to caveat off of that, thanks for coming out. Um. And how do, how do you word this? Um. You've been through some things, and just to come on here and relive it so to speak um mm. that says a lot in general um and i know it's not easy and i know sometimes uh life can be a bitch you know mm-hmm. i mean just keeping it real but no matter what every day when you look up in the mirror you just gotta realize that even though that nobody is patting you on the back or anything of that nature like you know what you're doing and we see what you do. Um, and there's other people that notice it. They might not say it, but I'm telling you, you're an inspiration to many people, whether it's in the skiing world, mm-hmm. whether it's in the fishing community, or just in the Girdwood lifestyle living in general. Um, people know who you are. They see you. They talk about you. You inspire people, especially through your story and then the way you conduct yourself, live your life. And for most people, it's like, oh, it's just a measly fish. But for you, it's more than just a fish. And thank you for what you do. Thanks. I appreciate hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, There's been challenges in life, but they've made me who I am. And I'm proud of who I am and love being able to uh, help support people and be there for people. So. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, really, really um, enjoyed it. And I do have a lot of passion in this life, in this world for fishing, conservation, skiing, and, and so many other things. And you no matter what happens from here on out, they're going to be part of me. So that's right. That's right. Let me share. Thank you, Alaska. Thank you for listening. AlaskaWildProject.com, AlaskaWildProject, Patreon.com slash AlaskaWildProject to support. Please go to Trout Unlimited Alaska. Support if you can. Show up to a meeting. Do whatever you can. Reach out to Eric if you have any questions. He's be willing to help, especially if you're a veteran and you want to get out on some of these trips. Um, Thanks for listening. Alaska, we appreciate you. Thank you to all the sponsors. And as always... Stay wild. You remember my speaking to you of what I call your overcautiousness. Are you not overcautious when you assume that you cannot do what the enemy is constantly doing? The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Big Rays, the Alaskan outfitter, committed to outfitting Alaskans across the state since 1947. Whether you're a recreator, parent, guide, or corporate buyer, Big Rays has the gear you need tailored for Alaska's harsh conditions. Check out their new exclusive line of Rolic Waders. Big Rays for all your outdoor gear and rugged work attire. BigRays.com
tailored restoration 24-hour emergency home services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. TheTreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full-spectrum diamond sauce cards, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They are the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include weekly lawn care, custom landscaping, fertilizing, weed control, turf repair, and more. Schedule your free estimate at lawnproak.com. Alaska's OG Cider Company, Double Shovel, crafting gluten-free colonial-style ciders, founded as a healthier non-inflammatory brew option. Drop by their pop and tap room in Anchorage off of 58th and Arctic or visit the second location in Kodiak. Double Shovel, award-winning ciders. The Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. BHA is the voice of our Alaskan public lands, waters, and wildlife. Their goal is to uphold our hunting and fishing legacy while keeping our public lands wild. Stand up today and join BHA at backcountryhunters.org. Should you not claim to be at least his equal in prowess and act upon the claim? I say try. If we never try, we shall never succeed. This proposition is a simple truth and it's too important to be lost sight of for a moment. We cannot beat the enemy where he now is. We never can. It is all easy if our troops march as well as the enemy. And it is unmanly to say they cannot do it.